I mean, and I, the last show, the last show we did, I had both Bassett, who uh, has the, the UFO time clock, and then Greer. Both Bassett and Greer were there. They were my two guests for the day. Well, the show was canceled that afternoon. And um, I was outside in, before I knew it was canceled, in between the interviews. And uh, I was outside, and Britney Spears called me because she wanted to, me to appear on Saturday Night Live with her. And so I picked up, I was outside having a cigarette, the phone rang. Uh, I, I, oh, Brittany, how you doing? Oh, sure, of course I will. I turned away like this. I turned back, and there was a black Ford across the road, a black Ford sedan. And I, I was trying to look at the plate, and the plate seemed kind of like fuzzy. And I was, you know, definitely a police car. And two guys were there, and a big, big, tall guy got out of the back seat. And he stood in the street on, um, on 42nd Street, it was. We, we were at 42nd Street and 8th Avenue. And he looked right at me. And literally, I mean, I was on the phone. Hey, oh, sure, of course I'd love for the show. Saw the Ford, went back like this, turned back like a half second later, and it was gone. And that car did not go past me. It did not make a U-turn because I would have seen 42nd Street. I would have seen that thing take a U-turn and go away. That car vanished. That car was a cloaked vehicle of some type. And whether this was like a warning to me because the guy got out of the backseat, gave me a real dirty look. That car vanished. I know what I saw. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, was, it was just this fast. It was, oh, hi, Brittany, sure. Oh, of course, I'd love to. God gives me a dirty look. Oh, well, sure. Car gone. That's what happened. And uh, then two hours later, uh, we were told we were not to continue taping, and the show was canceled, and none of them would air. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Was that, uh, was that an MIB experience? You know, black helicopters? Uh, you know, military uh, abductions that happen. Sometimes people are taken and they talk about then being visited by, you know, military personnel and re debriefed about their abduction. Was it, you know, was it a technology associated with some of these beings that are visiting that wanted to warn me off or that wanted to give me verification that I was on the right track? I don't know. But I do know I, I, did, I did turn back a second later and I, you know, it takes so long for an automobile accelerating from zero to 40 miles an hour to reach the corner of 8th Avenue and 42nd Street going past me and then pulling a U-turn and going out towards Times Square, I would have seen that car. And I looked around. I mean, I was looking for that then. It was gone. So, um, I, I don't know. The tapes exist. I have them. We're going to try to repackage them. We might put them out on DVD. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Spring-Heeled Josh, and the Illumamami herself, Miss April. And on today's episode, our first of season three, The Men in Black.
2019, folks. It's your man here, Rad Dead. 2019 joined in the Shoop Kitchen studio as always with the skeptic, the mom, and the beard to talk. Men in Black. You say 2019, but I feel like it's 1996 and me downloading midis of all mm-hmm. my favorite songs. <laughs> right on, Larry with the silly songs. He's always he always got good ideas for songs. Anyway, that was fun. All right. Well, we're here and it's clear. It's time to talk about this was a fan vote. Yeah. And this is actually one of the largest fan votes we've ever had with our closed group and our Facebook group. People really want to hear us talk about these Dern men in black. A lot of them have bowl cuts, by the way. Who are you? Spoiler Hmm. alert. Who am I? Yeah. Who are you? Ryan. Uh, Who, 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 who? I I'm Ryan. Like, I feel like my memory is just. Oh, Josh, <laughs> the pop culture man sliding in with his first Men in Black franchise uh, mention. Who are you? I'm gonna take a <laughs> time to take a selfie. Oh, good. Mm. This beverage it tastes so yummy. How about oh. you, Ryan? <laughs> guys, guys, guys! Truth corner. Let's pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. I'm curious. I want you guys to imagine uh, the monster, maybe like a movie monster that scared you the most growing up or even currently. Mm-hmm. And I want you to imagine you're alone in a dark alley with that said monster. On a scale of one to ten, how scared are you? You have to make out with it as well. <laughs> or go down in it? I don't know. Well, I'm not OJ's wife, so I guess I'm okay. <laughs> nah, uh, actually, uh, growing up, the one that always bothered me, and it's crazy because I like the movie now, was actually Pumpkinhead. Really? Yeah, I saw that when I was like six. See, I would have thought it was... Now would've... he's president. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought you I would have thought you said pe- would say Pennywise, but Well Pennywise too, but a little, little obvious. Nowadays uh, that it actually doesn't bother me so much as it used to, but uh <laughs> yeah, no, Pumpkinhead was a movie that when I saw it, it scared the shit out of me. Mm. Right on. So ten, obviously. I think this is kind of easily a ten, mm-hmm. but go ahead, April. <laughs> Mine isn't even from a horror movie, which is odd. Interesting. I know Josh is super surprised right now that I'm not saying Chucky from child's play, but I, when I, I don't really consider him like a, a creature, like you say creature. And I think like, like in like a gangly swamp. Yeah. Thing looking. And mine is, Oh, what was his name? Now I can't think of his name. Um, from the never ending story, the wolf Falcor. No. Oh, wow. Not Falcor. No, actually that's, that's a great pull. Cause it's so threatening in that movie. He is. And like something about the animatronics that mm-hmm. they did. He just, he's really like, 
Now That's I'm, a super fucked up scene. And I saw that movie when I was like six. Now I might be getting foggy in my old age here, but does, does he speak in that movie? Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. Which is additionally creepy. It, it is. It's anthropomorphic. Because it's a real like gravelly. Yeah. It, it's to this day. Like I, I think back on that and I'm like, that was not, not appropriate fun. for a six year old no. to watch. I think I almost tried to let the girls watch that, but I was like, mm, I don't know. I feel like that movie is scarier when I watch it now than mm. when it was when I watched it as a child. Fucking rock monster. Mountain. God, when uh, oh, the horse dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lawrence? <laughs> um, I guess Freddy Krueger. Okay. Ooh, I mean, yeah. I don't have a big you're not a huge selection of horror movies yeah. to really pick from just other than the ones my older brother forced me to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> older brothers <laughs> well you have two right i have a younger brother and an older brother. oh okay so okay. andy yes that's right good man friend of the really? show <laughs> aluma mommy or luma mommy illuminati mm-hmm. that's funny somebody's gonna tell me have you heard about the illuminati and i'm gonna be like have you heard about the luma mommy <laughs> everyone should I know, right? Makes better cupcakes. It's true. Well, how about you, Ryan? Uh, My, you know, it's weird. I have a lot of movie monsters that really creep me out growing up. Especially, I want to say, give a like quick special shout out to Pinhead and Hellraiser. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, you know, they talk about, I'm going to show you such pleasures. And it's like, nobody's having a good time with you, Pinhead. (laughs) No. Your skin's on the floor. It doesn't feel good to take your skin off. Loves acupuncture. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Super relaxed yeah, all the time. He is. <laughs> he does it for back pain. Lower back. Yeah. Standing around slaughtering people is tough work on, the, like, on, the, on the lower back. That's what I hear. The nail scene. From Putting the on first, my makeup. The nail. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. When the they're, bringing the, they're bringing the, the mattress up the stairs. That's the one scene that I can't watch. I cringe so hard. Mm-hmm. At, oh, really? I feel like all the Cenobites in that movie are pretty terrifying. The Chatterer and... Because well, you hate the noise. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I hate the noise. But honestly, the thing that got me the most in the movie Hellraiser, because that's one of my favorite horror flicks, yeah. is... I don't even know if it has a name, but like towards the very end while she's trying to escape the house, she opens the one door and there's that like chewed up bubble gum creature. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's like, comes out like, he's like, he's basically like sliding down the hallway. Just a pink bubble gum blob. Basically the globster. If it went to hell, it exactly. became a son of light. Yeah, yep. we got the globster down here. We don't got much to do with him. Pinhead says, uh, stick him outside of windows. People think it's... Hold on, just putting my face on. (laughs) Pinhead, you've been in the bathroom for a long time. Chatterer needs to get in there. He's got a turtle head poking. (laughs) All right. We're tackling a massive subject. And fittingly, this is season three premiere. This is Mm. a big deal. I'm excited. (laughs) It's a doozy. We got... I'm going to get into it a little bit here, but I'm basically going to say we're tackling a lot. We got cryptids, aliens, secret government conspiracies, agencies, the occult, magic, vampires, a legion of UFO nerds, which I say that lovingly. 
Tulpas, which I'll explain more soon, the Mothman, Chupacabra, Interdimensional Portals, Loveland, Frogmen make an appearance, Fish People, The Aeon of Horus, Dan Aykroyd, Hollywood Cover-Up, Secret Government Test, Scientology, Explosives, Mandela Effect, Gang Stalking, L. Ron Hubbard, Jack Parsons, Aleister Crowley, Time Travel, Horrifying Encounters, and Sasquatch. And a partridge in a pear tree. I'm just saying. <laughs> One month off. <laughs> now, there's time travel involved. I don't know if you if I if I added that in time, but yes, there is time travel in there. Mm-hmm. Like time cops, if you will. You ever seen the movie with Van Damme? Time cop? No. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, according now, to the- now I see him hawking Tostitos. <laughs> JCVD. Um, now Did you know that he, he was in what Street Fighter? Yes, yes. And there was this article I was reading how, how coked out of his mind he was during the filming of that movie. <laughs> of course. So even while we're all watching, we're saying, "Ooh, change the channel." Exactly. Now, according to the wiki on Men in Black and popular culture and UFO conspiracy theories, Men in Black are supposed men dressed in black suits who claim to be quasi-government agents who harass or threaten UFO witnesses to keep them quiet about what they've seen. Nice. Now, it is sometimes implied that they may be aliens themselves. Now, this is a through line to this episode. I really, I think, I think it's going to come up a lot. It's us Oof. not necessarily trying to figure out if they're real, mm-hmm. but if they are real, what the fuck are they? That's, that's, I think that's the creepy part about it, mm-hmm. especially when we get an encounters, which I think is going to be kind of a theater of the mind piece that we might end up in kind of going into. Oh boy. So, <clears throat> Continuing on. Oh, I also want to make a quick interjection because a lot of people are going to want to know, where's all the segments I know and love? Unfortunately, this really kicks off in 47. And now if you do want to hear the 47 time capsule, you will see the Black Dahlia episode. First of many episodes that I'm going to cross reference (laughs) with this this guy. (laughs) So. Now. This term, this men in black, is also frequently used to describe mysterious men working for unknown organizations as well as various branches of government allegedly designed to protect secrets or perform other strange activities. The term is generic used for any unusual, threatening, or strangely behaving individual whose appearance on the scene can be linked in some fashion with a UFO sighting. Mm -hmm. So the common thread is that these are guys that usually show up in it. Maybe, like I said... Ooh. <laughs> I think a man in black got mad there. <laughs> Commonly, w- what I see with this is that I, somebody sees a UFO, which is what happened in 47, which is where we were going to start this bad bear with as far as our time capsule, saw a UFO, and then shortly thereafter, some weird, can't quite make them out type, Men dressed in black, mm-hmm. black glasses, a ring of fire. <laughs> We're like, hey, I didn't see nothing here, you know. And you're like, what was that? And then next thing you know, you're so scared you don't want to tell anybody, but then eventually you do tell somebody because everybody talks, which is what we're gonna see 
with people who dealt with these these creatures, these humans, these aliens, these robots, these demons. Maybe it's demons. Maybe. Who knows? Continuing on. Now, UFO... UFO... UFOologists. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one. UFOologists. Ufologists. Ufologists. Men in black figure prominently in UFOlogy and UFO folklore. In the 50s and 60s, UFOlogists adopted a conspiratorial mindset and began to fear to fear they would be subject to organized intimidation and retaliation for discovering the truth of the UFOs. Now, I, I, I kind of think we need to kind of throw that out, out there again. But how are we? We haven't really done a UFOs. We definitely covered aliens mm-hmm. and different, different aspects, different races of aliens. But we're all pretty sure that they exist, whether or not they're just like sperm. Uh, it could be just an amoeba swimming in a pool of water. Right. But we're, we kind of attest to the idea that, yes, there's some sort of... Egg drop soup. Yes, egg drop soup planet, which is just gr- great if you got salt. Mm-hmm. But uh, just Extra saying. Extra thick gravy. Or poutine. Sure. Is poutine it, planet. Poutine. <laughs> I come from the planet poutine. Let me take oh, my yeah, there's a great me, planet that I... No, I love that planet there. All you can eat Lipitor. I was always sitting there and just, you know, I had my Lipitor and I was listening to John Van Jovi that John day. John Van Jovi. <laughs> great Love them. band. Great band. Them and uh, Bon Halen. <laughs> Love them too. <laughs> they got that song, Why Don't You Just Jump? You mm-hmm. know, you I go like- ahead and, you know, jump and whatnot. <laughs> I like running with the devil. <laughs> but I know nobody does running. So it's more of like a brisk walk with the devil. <laughs> That's exactly what, what what I did made my son do when I told him newsflash, pal. You better take out the cans and the recycling. It's due today. All right. There's a lot of empty glass ranch <laughs> bottles in there. You better take that to the recycle plant. Paradise Ranch. Paradise. Ranching with the devil. Ranching. <laughs> Ranching. Dipping with the devil. <laughs> oh yeah. My kid's on a kick like with that stuff too. Every single time we go anywhere, Ranching she's like, devil. Can I can you ask him if we get ranch? I'm like, we're having soup. <laughs> ranch soup is amazing. You haven't tur- you haven't lived till you had some ranch soup. <laughs> with Lipitor. Oh, with Lipitor chunks in there. What do you cut that with you there, eh? You get, you get it's a more of a ranch bisque. You get a stick of butter. Stick of butter right in the ranch. middle. Ranch. Yep. <laughs> you mix that down to a roux. The Midwest. Okay, and Canadians' favorite ingredients, <laughs> butter and ranch. All right. And how else do you keep warm in the winter? <laughs> That's right. Now, obviously, there's a lot of sources when it comes to the men in black. There are books, which I'll get to in the future here. Now, Slate.com has an article called Men in Black Sightings, Do They Still Happen? by Aisha Harris. Also, The Real Men in Black, Evidence, Famous Cases, and True Stories of These Mysterious Men and Their Connection to the UFO Phenomena by Nick Redfern. Now, that's the book. And I did scan over that book a bit, but I will say this. I'm not going to pay $13 for a book on Amazon. Why not, Mickey? (laughs) Because, God damn it. I don't know if that's Mickey. What's or Richard Ramirez doing here? <laughs> uh, Richard Trenton Chase. My, my apologies. <laughs> Did don't he mix up your cereal. <laughs> oh, he's like my cousin. <laughs> he opened up for Bon Halen. <laughs> nice. Okay, so 
First, a little background. In the summer of 1947, now we're going we're gonna to start to get into these cases. The sighting of nine shiny disks by a private pilot named Kenneth Arnold inspired similar accounts around the globe. As eminent UFOologist Jerome Clark explains in his detailed book, The UFO Encyclopedia, that same summer, Harold Dahl claimed to have been visited by a man in a dark suit who promised to harm him if he disclosed his sighting of unidentified flying objects around Tacoma, Washington, the previous day. Dubbed the Maury Island Mystery, which I saw a picture of. Looks like a pretty serene little spot. Hmm. You know, you might want to go down there. Shoot Ooh. some hoops. Mm, not on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Beach hoops, you know. <laughs> this, is great, this is a great game. Up. <laughs> He's traveling. Oh. He's traveling oh. with the ball. Well, certainly won't get called for a double dribble. <laughs> Just picture. I don't know why I did this, but in my head, I imagine there's slide whistle player friend. <laughs> I took my girlfriend to the beach. Thought we would shoot some hoops. Nope. <laughs> No hoop shooting. Balls just sitting in the sand pit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I forget. It's been so long. I forget what everything is on this fucking soundboard. <laughs> That's all right. We're dusting it off today. Dubbed the Maury Island mystery. The incident was later investigated by the Air Force and is widely regarded as a hoax. But dude did see some stuff and did get in, in, a triple double on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> he did see the men in black, but the image took hold in the popular imagination and accounts of men in dark suits have some connection to UFOs proliferated. The most famous such account came from Albert K. Bender, who is not the robot from Futurama, but is a real human being <laughs> who in 1952 created the International Flying Saucer Bureau or the IFSB, which there's people in human beings. Members? Members, if you will. <laughs> Soon afterward, he said he was visited by three men in dark suits who threatened him with imprisonment if he continues inquiries into UFOs. Bender's accounts was featured in They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, a book by the IFSB associate Gray Barker, which Gray Barker is kind of a cool name. Sounds like a villain. <laughs> Who also mentioned it frequently in his magazine, The Saucerian. Which just sounds like. Sounds delicious. Which also sounds like another. It's like, like an a, Italian restaurant. Oh, yeah. With that's ranch a, in it. I got, that, ranch. I got that new The Saucerian, and I, it's great if you want to know how to mix up your we have, sauces. We have ranch stuffed ravioli. Butter stuffed ravioli. <laughs> ranch lasagna. Ranch and butter stuffed mm -hmm. ravioli. <laughs> ranch parmesan. It's where you put butter. And cheese on top of your ranch. That's where you get Italian, like Chef Boyardee or mm -hmm. something. <laughs> so, according to a History.com article recalling what happened to Bender, by the way, Bender in his own 1962 book, Flying Saucers and Three Men, described the MIB in much more frightening language. Quote, they floated about a foot off the floor. They looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to Hamburg style. I don't know why. Like Big Macs? Like a double cheese Hamburg? <laughs> like Mayor McCheese? I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh. Or the Hamburglar. Or the Hamburglar. That's true. He does. Did he? Yeah, he does. He's got a Freddy Krueger hat, right? 
Hamburglar? It's all it's black. Like a ski mask. Well, <laughs> it's got a burglaring Burglar mask, mask yeah. It's rabble, 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 rabble. We should post like an old Just a sound you make. Yeah. Come here, chicken uh, nuggets. McDonald's you. commercial with all those characters so people know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, anyway, Uh-oh. the faces were not clearly discernible for the hats partly hid and shaded them. The eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like <laughs> flashlight bulbs, which is fucking creepy. They seemed to burn into my very soul as the pains above my eyes became almost unbearable, hmm. wrote Bender. Bender believed that the men who threatened him were part of the U.S. government, but explanations for the men in black vary, and a distinction is made in UFO literature between men in black and men in black. Note the capital letters. or Because the first... I'll note that on this very visual podcast. <laughs> hey, by the way. Well, you know, it's, it's simple. You have men in black, and then you have... Black. Ah, caps lock. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> the former are believed to be human agents who cover up government secrets and are said to appear relatively normal. Now, normal is kind of, I guess, you know, arbitrary. Are, yeah. The latter are often abbreviated as MIBs were described by the late ufologist John Keel. Now, you may recognize that name because we did actually go through with him during the Mothman episode. See, he is the guy mm. that wrote the book, The Mothman Prophecies. Oh, okay. As And he um, considers these people to be demonic supernaturals who behave in distinctly non-human ways. In fact, a lot of the things that we covered in episode 55, which is the Mothman episode, another episode that links to this, the people that we talked about, we at one point we talk about an Asian fellow who shows up at a um at a at a lady's office. I think she's basically like a reporter, or he poses as a reporter, and he's like, "I'm a man in black." All right, <laughs> Josh got worried. His butt clamped shut. But anyway. We'll get into more of that. Kill's accounts of MIBs, which date to the mid-60s, have xenophobic overtones, which is not good. He describes them as having dark skin or exotic facial features. The first Men in Black movie cleverly inverted this aspect of MIB folklore depicting aliens as immigrants. By the way, we do not have a pop culture segment tonight because I'm basically, this whole time I'm going to talk about all this stuff, I'm going to interject with the pop culture on this Mm -hmm. because it's basically... Men in Black, but there's, like I said, there's a book, there's an author, there's also synchronicity with past episodes. New Men in Black coming up uh, June of this year. Who's there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Hemsworth. Christopher Hemsworth. Christopher. Oh, wow. Whatever his name is. <laughs> Chris. Chris Bob, Hemsworth. Bob. But that, it sounds like Christopher. Christopher uh, and Hemsworth. Then I saw like, Liam Neeson's in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. He's been taken. <laughs> and then everyone else said it. I mean, but we have, we have Christopher. Now, I didn't stutter. I want to also mention that the Mothman Prophecies was a 1975 book by John Keel, an account of alleged sightings of a large winged creature called the Mothman, seven foot tall, 10 foot wingspan, which there's a great what if in that episode. (laughs) I'm just going to say it was fun. (laughs) April basically owns it. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. Now, the Mothman, the Mothman, the Mothman um, basically takes place in the vicinity of Point Pleasant, West Virginia during 66 and 67. And also. 
it narrates the encounters of the author with the men in black. Now, continuing on, Clark, an active... No, Mothman. <laughs> in fact, during that episode, you say that. Like something about just turn on a big light. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Just be circling it for an hour and a half. <laughs> no, come here. I have to tell you about the. F- Damn it! Somebody left their light on. I can't see. Fuck! Hate being the Mothman. I'm gonna kill the ooh light. <laughs> <laughs> so, board member of the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies, Clark. Whether the popularization of the MIB has affected the number of visits reported today, uh, such accounts have tapered significantly in the 15 years since the original Men in Black was released, he said, but he does not believe the films are responsible. Why the decline then? Clark didn't offer a specific reason, but he did suggest that few UFO... Responsible. (laughs) This is almost on the level of, what was it? Sleep paralysis? Like... I cannot say you have followed you have followed you. I'm not even, I'm not well, just, I'm really not trying to do this. You stirking a sping sperm. Follow ufologists. Pay attention to such matters. Ufologists. Okay. So anyway, British ufo, <laughs> ufologist Nick Redfern, on the other hand, disputes Fucking the notion shit. that sightings have declined in his book, the real men in black. He tells, of several reported visits in recent years. Now let's talk about some encounters with these men in black. We've kind of you gotten the idea uh, we don't know what they are. They show up. They're like, you didn't see a UFO! <laughs> they're just late to the wedding. You did not see that! You turn around! <laughs> oh, a new Bjork song. <laughs> no, I was trying to do <laughs> Larry's uh, walking into a Chinese spa music. <laughs> Right. So British ufologists, oh, I said that. All right, we're going to do encounters. Now, these men in black clothing and shitty mm-hmm. bowl cuts, some look Asian, some don't, and they love pens. By the way, it's funny, during, during the Mothman episode, we didn't really, I don't know why, but I think during that episode, I was trying to just basically get through all the material that mm-hmm. we were talking about. It's just this funny story about this this guy, this man in black, man in black or whatever, looks like an Asian dude. He steals this pen from this girl, and he's like fascinated with it, and he like hysterically laughs and runs away. And we just go over that, but you're laughing the whole time, and I could tell you were like, we could totally riff on oh, this yeah. forever. <laughs> well, yeah, if he's he's trying to catch the Mothman, that's a laser pen, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's been foiled at the bank, though, with that chain. <laughs> you broke that up. Did I really? Something like that. I uh, uh, used your own. God. Be original, Larry. No. <laughs> You're 100% awesome. All right. So now, according to a thought catalog article by Jacob Gears called Nine Freaky Encounters with the Real Men in Black, that'll Ooh. seriously give you the creeps. I've used this site before. Thought catalog is great. Now, according to... Jacob Gears article. He says some folklorists, however, claim that the whole idea of men in black is itself a form of mass panic or of quote, psychological drama due to suggestibility and a willingness to believe others. However, insist that men in black are part of a real government agency designed to prevent the public from learning the truth about UFOs. They also insist that their experience are real 
and that anyone who thinks they're crazy is merely a tool of government propaganda and manipulation. I think a lot of it is somebody sees a UFO, they report it, they tell their friends. And friends laugh at him. Their friends laugh at him. Or they're like, oh, fuck. He's been drinking a lot lately. <clears throat> His wife did leave him. He doesn't realize he's gay. So he's going through like mental issues or like mental strife or whatever. By the way, we bring up a great point. Fuck it. During, I think it's the Mothman episode where we talk about how the worst thing for your heart is stress. So. Yeah. See, not ranch. Well, I'm that's fucked. Right. Take a break. Help her. Josh. What did I do? <laughs> exactly. You want me to go to the store again? <laughs> what didn't you do is the question. You want me to go to the store? Buy you some ranch? Some buttery ranch? Yes. Some ranch hair Paradise ties. ranch. Get some paradise ranch hair ties there. Oh, man. I now can't in the refrigerated section of your local grocer. <laughs> Make your girlfriend smell like a million bucks. You know what? Mm. I did find out where all my hair ties are going. I, this, really? I set one down on the counter to like fix my hair the other day, mm-hmm. and one of our cats jumped up and grabbed it in her mouth and ran away. It, and I like my hair was in my hands. So I'm guessing all her. So kitty, it kitty was tur- like a ten second. She saw it, attacked it, and ran away. So they're probably all hiding under the bed somewhere. So all the kitty turds are attached by a hair tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all braided together. <laughs> nice. Uh, fucking pussy. So anyway, some folklorists, however, claim that the whole idea of men in black is itself a form of mass panic. Uh, I think I said that. You Deuce. did. I, actually, no, I did. Because these these people are backing up the claim that they're mass panic, a form yeah. of mass panic. So due to suggestibility and a willingness to believe others, however, insist the men in black are part of a real government agency designed to prevent the public from learning the truth about UFOs. The moment there's no way to definitively declare whether the men in black are real or not, because if they are part of a secret agency, they may not have entirely kept the secret, but they're they've prevented any conclusive evidence of their existence from leaking out to the public. Hmm. Now, Jim Templeton was shocked to discover this figure in the background of a photo of his daughter. This is one of these encounters. This guy's taking a picture of his daughter. It's a nice sunny day. He takes a picture. And he sees this figure in the background. And we will post this image. Mark it for Ryan to do this on our Instagram page, which you should definitely like. The figure was not in the camera's view when he took the photo, and nobody had any idea where it came from. The film was verified as authentic by Kodak, and Templeton's story went public not long after he was visited by two government agents who referred to themselves as number nine and number 10, which sounds like some Dr. Seuss shit. At least it's not number two. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> Gotta pat you on the back for that. <laughs> they demanded to see the site of the photo and questioned Templeton about the event. When Templeton told them he didn't see the figure personally, the men became angry and stormed out of the field. Sounds like men in black need to fucking change mm-hmm. their tampons. You're right. Templeton was later contract contacted, not contracted, by two employees at a missile launch pad in Australia who claimed that they saw two figures that resembled the man in his daughter's photo on launch pad security footage. Interesting. Apparently, the missiles at the site in Australia had been produced only 20 miles away from the field where Templeton took the photo. And a next article linked to this episode, Futurism.media, in an article written by Rowan Marley literally a month ago, he says, a lot of the experiences with... Charlie Marley's cousin. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, don't no. even. Not in season three. You're Who's... in my fish shop. Oh, God. <laughs> Would you like some clams? 
I've got enough clams in my life. I thought he was a vape shop owner. Now he's, he's, he's gone into <laughs> oh, fish. Yet. I'm the cousin. A lot of the experiences with real men in black seem to have a slightly inhuman vibe to them. This is something I kind of wanted to get into with you guys because I know I'm excited to kind of gauge what you guys think mm-hmm. about this. So mm-hmm. some experiences definitely suggest they have at least some sort of human connection. Brad Seiger, who was a very heavily involved UFO researcher, had multiple encounters with unexplained government agents or people who had at least pretended to be MIB. There's a lot of that during this. In fact, there's a lot of government workers that are human like. (laughs) Well, there's very little left. I think he works a couple cases down from you. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, so. Um. Let me let me mention one thing to you guys too. Now with with this there okay so there's a lot of discreditation for these guys. Every time there's a UFO a UFO researcher who gets discredited, there's also these guys that'll call them and be like, "What's hey, up, fool?" No, no, no. They'll call and be like, you what temperature is it in your head do you like book books talk to me and you're like excuse me do you 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 like books yeah it's like that exactly it's like the or like like i i like go on trampolines i too like paradise ranch (laughs) it is delicious of all butter based ranch, it is my f- 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 favorite. Yeah. <laughs> little, somebody picked up the phone on accident while the dial up was going for a second there. Um, uh, we're getting old, guys. So, anyway, I just wanted to mention that there's discreditation that goes on for all the UFO, UFOologists. There we go. There's also the fact that there are. And it's something I think you need to take into mind when you consider what they are and who they are and if they exist is that some of these people get pranked like consistently or like their whole lives. They basically it's like, you know, like the the famous YouTube clips you look at whenever you scroll through the comments and it's like bash, 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 dislike people just shitting on them because they're popular or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, like Justin Bieber, I guess, according to like something. I, this is weird pop culture side rant, but mm-hmm. he had like the most disliked video on YouTube. And then somehow uh, another video, and I don't even know what it was, just became the most disliked one. And it was like all his fans were like, thank God, which is, uh, I mean, <laughs> those drones, drones, which we could almost cover on an episode yeah, of. I'm mad. I think this guy sucks. So I'm going to go to his YouTube page. I'm going to dislike his video. I'm going to show him. Kind of sounds like Malcoming to me. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, so there during the 70s, Brad, uh, who I brought out, Steiger, burn. noted it was a burn. That there were several bizarre encounters that happened over the phone. It became very clear that someone was watching him and wiretaping his line. When his friend was in a motel waiting for Steiger to come over, he picked up the phone to make a call. He soon overheard two, two men's voices talking, making very sketchy arrangements. This dealt with Steiger's visit. Hey, do you like 
Do you want to get your uh, picture drawn? Be nice to it. I'm a very good artist. You see, I can sketch The you. spies never stated what they wanted to do to Steiger, but it doesn't seem very good. Eventually, Brad's friend decided to interrupt the phone spies conversation. They said, quote, I picked up the receiver to hear a man's voice inquire, when is he supposed to check in? He's already in his room. That, that's not an alien. But I guess it could be. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which one was I the know, men in black. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, yeah, boy. They could all be aliens. Who knows? Maybe it's a bunch of like, you know, Paradise Ranch. It's like an loving. alien party line from like the 80s. <laughs> Can you imagine an alien phone sex line? Oh, yes. I'm going to gyrate your UFO with my mind. I will tickle your peeny dingy with my salad doogits. <laughs> I can't wait to make your. Narsh and darsh, feel the rain of my plans. Will you swallow my thrust goo? <laughs> Isolate that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Will you swallow my? Okay. All right. Red Dead Twenty Eight Nineteen has all he needs when it comes to his next Tinder date. All right. Here we go. Continuing on. <laughs> God almighty. All right. So rust goo. All right. We're going to start over. (laughs) Quote, I picked up the receiver to hear a man's voice inquire. And the voice said, when is he supposed to check in? He is already in his room. I said in reply, though. I knew the query wasn't asked of me. Oh, shit. (laughs) What's the profound (laughs) response? Oh, feces. (laughs) Right. Goofy? Yes, but one can only imagine how terrifying it must have been. I guess. Gorsh. Gorsh. <laughs> quote, I had to show him how to use a spoon. Unquote. Comical as it may be to imagine. How do you use this food shovel? <laughs> it is a little complicated. It does not have sticks at the end. How does one put it in one's mouthpiece? How do you put in fuel into mouth face hole? <laughs> It's this one alien just shoving it in his yeah. asshole. Like, is this where it goes? I, I cannot digest this. This this does not work. How are humans made to grow? All right. <laughs> What's even going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? Uh, now, hey, honey. Hi. As, as, as comical as may to be imagined, many of the real men in black seem very poorly educated about how human life works. Which Get is her what, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I like that alien, actually. I'm kind of adopting his own language a bit. <laughs> I am a fan of Larry, the cable professional. He has chosen... A- he has chosen a profession that pays well. <laughs> Installing information highway to house. God damn. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> the Florida Bama show is amazing. These are all personal ribs right now. <laughs> all right. Oh, this oh. one. Perhaps I will one day earn a platinum. <laughs> a platinum. 
Oh, Ryan. All right. So, all right. Continuing on. We got to get through this one, guys. So, Miss um, Butler. Uh, wait, okay. One of the best examples of this was documented by UFOologist John Keel <laughs> and occurred to a woman known it as like a car engine trying to turn over. UFOologist. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Larry's on fire tonight. As Miss Butler, uh, uh, it occurred to a woman as known as Miss Butler in Minnesota. Miss Butler has recently seen a UFO near, near her Minnesota. home. Much like other people who see MIB, her visit happened not too long after this time. The agent was a very strange man dressed in typical MIB garb. He had very unusual features. His hair was too long to be military. His chin was very pointed his skin had a strange olive. Yeah, I used to do the was. He had no accent to speak of. Stranger still, he drove a gray Mustang rather than a government car. The man introduced himself as Major Richard French. Dick French. <laughs> French Dick. And told her that he was very interested in UFOs. As he asked her questions, he began to appear slightly. I understand you like a UFO there. He has a lisp. <laughs> yeah, and the pointed chin. Uh... Jay Leno, come on, <laughs> stick with me here. I couldn't even say I was laughing. Uh, as he asked her questions, he began to appear slightly sick. Miss Butler, be- being a good host, told him to try Jello to settle his stomach. He declined. <laughs> the next time, bobbity boo was that? Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. I know. Ah, uh, fuck. Just, ha- right. just have this drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Already on it there, MIB. Uh, he did not want to eat the gen- jello. The next day, <laughs> things got much... He, he, knew. Not, he knew. The next thing, day, uh, things got much stranger. Major French returned the morning after and asked for jello. It's like he was like, well, I feel bad for not accepting one's jello. I will take in your gelatinous goo. <laughs> Will you take my thrust goo? <laughs> <coughs> thrust goo. Somebody mean that. I will now eat it. We have now painted the MIB as just eating through their asshole with a spoon. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. How about a turkey? How would they uh, eat a turkey? Drumstick first. <laughs> Roast beef? Oof. Going hard at the Hardee's. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just picturing this weird looking alien with half a pan of jello falling on the floor. <laughs> just bent over and yeah. Human, this did not go in as well as I thought it would. Do not disgrace my home planet of Okay, continuing on. So, Major French returned the morning after, like I said, and asked for Jello. Major French, which is a great name, perplexed but polite, Miss Butler gave him this bowl of Jello mm-hmm. that she made the night before. Now, a normal person would thank her, stop being weird, and leave her with the mm-hmm. poor woman's bowl of Jello. <laughs> Rather than be as normal as a random weirdo who goes into people's houses demanding Jello can be, Major French just stared at it. As if he didn't know what to do with it. After several minutes, he decided to try to. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! He decided to try to drink it. I'm just picturing it like hitting his lips. He's like, "Human, 
this does not go down well in one's mouthpiece. <laughs> it's like those old uh, pin things back from the 90s where you put your face into it and it makes your face. He's just putting his face in this bowl of jello. Peels <laughs> over, dead, drowns himself in jello. <laughs> Major French just stared at it as if he didn't know what to do. Uh, which went about as poorly as you'd expect. Mm. Eventually, Miss Butler had to teach him how to eat with a spoon, realizing that she knew something wasn't right. <laughs> I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing this guy like, like it is very. Reminds me of the Men in Black movie too. Sugar, sugar water, the, sugar water. Yeah, the 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 guy from the first movie, right? Yeah. Um, now Death eventually drowning in Jello though. That sounds amazing. I feel like you just sink in and then the chunks that get stuck in your lungs yeah. and stuff. You're gonna know. die anyways. At least it's drowning in like orange Jello or I would not pick orange Jello to drown in. Feel like, You're gonna die anyways. What, what? What? Okay. What flavor do you want to die by drowning in Jello? Raspberry. Larry, what? What flavor are you gonna drown in? Doesn't matter. Yeah, because you're dying. Yeah. I feel like what you're saying right now. I'm picturing you falling into like a swimming pool of like orange Jello, and then as you're falling, like you're realizing how bad of a decision drowning in Jello was. <laughs> I should have just got shot in the head. God, as, as me, April, and Larry all decide to get shot, and we're like, Josh ah. just like, it's like quicksand, and the more he struggles, the deeper he sinks. Uh, anyway, back to uh, Major Dick Richards and his jello. Researchers found there was a Major Richards who worked near the Air Force. Now, also want to mention Miss Butler never saw that guy again. Which I mean, I would count my lucky stars not to yeah. see some weird ass right. fucker that I had to teach how mm-hmm. to eat jello or what I'm gonna So anyway. Found there was a Major Richards who worked near the Air Force. However, he looked nothing like the man who came to Miss Butler's door. So who was he and what did he want with the jello? To eat it? No, John Keel going back to our Mothman prophecies mm-hmm. author, took note of multiple encounters that suggest that the MIB phenomena might involve creatures that aren't actually alive. Many of the experiences suggest that the MIB may be androids mm. or robots created by a highly intelligent alien race. A very unusual encounter happens. Ryan finds his word so he doesn't lose his place. Very unusual. You've got mail. Exactly. A very unusual encounter happened to the Christensen family of Wildwood. Shortly after a UFO encounter occurred near the Christensen family home, a very strange man from the, quote, the Bureau of Missing Heirs came to interview the family. One of the Christensens called him the strangest man I've ever seen. The man was huge. Towering at six feet tall and weighing in at 300 pounds. Whoa. Six feet is tall? 300 pounds. His skin was a sickly white hue. His eyes seemed unusually large, and his government-style black suit was poorly fitting. When he sat down, his his pants... Governor Chris Christie. (laughs) In a lawn chair. (laughs) When he sat down, his pants only reached his calf, which was precisely... He also had a braided belt. No, just kidding. (laughs) When the family noticed that he had a large green wire that was coming out. Milady. 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 
Always stuck on repeat. Um, he had a large green wire that was coming out of his leg and running down to his sock. It became clear that oh, it's my, it's where I ship my pudding from. It's my extra, jello vein. It's his catheter. I keep extra pudding in my uh, shock there. I just sip it to this. Ooh, <laughs> sleep tight, buddy. So it became clear that something was very, very wrong. The moment he spoke, the family was shocked to hear his high pitched, metallic, and monotone voice. Hi, guys. <laughs> Jesus. Do you have any pudding? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can always nail that, Joshua. Ooh. Now he introduced himself as Tiny. <laughs> when he spoke, of course, it sounded like his words were memorized and practiced. The Christiansons noticed that he was very sickly looking, so they asked him if he needed something to eat. He declined, but asked for water in ten minutes. Oh, God, that is the worst. I really is. I actually feel like we would take the fellatio cunnilingus explosion over the... I'll take the vomiting. Really? Really? Yeah. That's kind of fun. It sounds so festive. You know, and it's funny. (laughs) So, this guy began to interview the family about their interests, which clearly had nothing to do with missing heirs, which is what he said he was of the Mm -hmm. Bureau of. And he asked some questions. His face became redder and redder. Well, it's a, it's a heart attack. That's what that is. No, he's got to be high pitch. Remember? Worried, the family gave him water because of him getting redder and redder. He grabbed the water, took a yellow pill, and quickly returned to his pasty pallor. Lipitor. <laughs> he then left, Baby being aspirin. picked up by a ba- black Cadillac. <clears throat> Sorry, had a little hairball. That drove without its lights on. The next day, a woman called the home to say that the missing heir had been found and to forget about the UFO incident they saw. So ended one of the most bizarre interactions with real life men in black to date. Hmm. So this guy shows up, interviews them, says he needs water in 10 minutes, doesn't ask anything about heirs, takes some weird pill. Sounds like Larry on a Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> Uh, believe it or not, there are some records of MIB interactions that do not involve any questions or threats involving UFOs. One such strange encounter involves a strange man in a black suit at Max's in Kansas City, New York. At, no, at Max's Kansas City, New York. The waitress saw a very sickly looking man with black hair and a bowl cut. Like I said, here come the bowl cuts. He had long tapering fingers and eyes that seemed to bulge out of his head as if he had a thyroid disease. <laughs> the pill man sat down and decided to order something. She said, what will you have? Un. And he said, food. <laughs> she said, yeah, well, uh, what kind of food, though? Said the waitress. It became clear that he didn't know what food was, and for some reason, he couldn't read the menu. Eventually, she offered him a steak, which he accepted. When the food came out, he looked around the room to see how other people were eating. Then, much like that Major Richards character, mm-hmm. it became clear that he didn't know how to use eating utensils. Mm-hmm. I feel like aliens just kind of fuck themselves when they decide mm-hmm. to pick up a fork or spoon. Mm-hmm. The man struggled with his steak, but managed to eat some. Curiosity got the best of the waitress, who decided to ask where the man was from. He replied, Another world. Uh, anyway, so that was, that was one of the encounters. So we're going to go with another one here. 
According to this quote, they moved in a weird way. I can't explain when they moved. It was sort of insect like now, believe it or not, the United States isn't the only place where real men in black have been encountered. A Japanese UFO blogger had a similar bizarre encounter with a large group of MIB when he was out and about in Tokyo. The men all appeared to look half Japanese, half Middle Eastern. All of them also looked sick, worn out, and had very unnatural behavior. He explains as follows. They moved in a weird way. I cannot quite (laughs) explain. When they moved, it was sort of insect-like. Why are they Mexican? (laughs) See? Does that make any sense? I can't really explain why I had that impression. But that is evolving. Come on, guys. I'm trying. <laughs> Dude, this mind. is why the every every other nation hates us. Oh, and I mean on. us. Yeah, just us off just floor. this one podcast. <laughs> yep. Fire the missiles. So anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh baguette. That was a French. I was trying to do French oh, there. Good. Okay. I liked it. Good job. All right. So they moved in a weird way. I can't quite explain it. When they moved, it was sort of insect-like. Does that make any sense? I can't really explain why I had that impression, but that's what their movements reminded me of, insects. It was not strange enough to attract so much suspicion from others, I guess, but when they moved and looked about, I had that very stubborn impression that it all seemed very insectoid to me, unquote. Now, when they sat down in the tatami room, they ordered drinks that they refused to consume and started fidgeting with a smartphone. It became pretty obvious that they weren't using, they weren't used to using their chopsticks. Now, this is a very recent incident. Okay, by the way. in Obviously, all fairness, smartphone. I'm not exactly smooth with chopsticks either. No, I get that. I get that. I used to practice with them just so I could get. Good. I tried. I just stabbed the food with one of them. And just, <laughs> like one it's one of those fork. one. I was just gonna say that one prong <laughs> fork. Now, this while they were in this um, this restaurant, they kept paying attention to this one individual and eventually they approached him and asked about his UFO blog, probably to ask if he thought the government is hiding UFOs. Then they offered to buy him drinks. He wanted to leave, but they tried to get him to stay. He said, quote, then they all laughed in a way that, well, it sounded like they were just faking a lot. So it's like, it's it's like somebody laughing, but they're forced. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what it says, but I, I was trying to think of an instance where you where you hear that sort of thing. Like, when Josh tells a joke. <laughs> he had a few good zingers tonight. I'm just busting his balls. Uh, mm, I don't I have any zingers, zingers, actually. I am busting your re- reproductive organs. <laughs> oh, oh, See, the, the MIBs like you. Oh, no. I have oatmeal cream pie in my anus. Interesting. <laughs> They like they didn't even really understand what a laugh was. They were faking it. It also sounded fairly threatening. So a laugh that's threatening—very <laughs> 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 threatening. It all had a very disturbing effect on this man. I got the, he got the feeling from that group that he wanted to leave. <laughs> And they followed, despite not having touched their drink. Somehow he was able to lose them, but he remains convinced he's still being watched today. Now, lastly, before we take a break, what if the men in black have something to do with the occult? According to some people, a man of which we mentioned way, 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 way back. And here's another episode. Bigfoot? Um, nope. 
but that's coming. Spoiler alert. Black Magic episode number six. A man that we covered a bit, which we might have to come back to. I think we will. May have around the turn of the 20th century opened up a portal to the world, which may possibly have brought these evil things to us. I mean, they could be anything, right? We don't know what they are. Aliens, androids, transdimensional beings from the future, or maybe demons or devils. That man who performed many ceremonies, including attempting to bring forth the moon child, was Alistair Crowley. Or what if this has something to do with Bigfoot? Just saying. That is so metal, which is a mineral found on the planet Earth. Thank you, MIB. According to MysteriousUniverse.org, which we've already used, but we're going to use again, in an article by Nick Redfern, great guy, on the fellow that we mentioned earlier, Gray Barker, who along with Albert Bender pretty much began the Men in Black mystery in the early 50s, Colin said to me, to Mr. Redfern, in October of 2010, quote, Barker may indeed have written episodes of supposed UFO history himself just to keep the narrative going or kickstart it when it lagged, but skeptics foaming at the mouth should be warned here that this is not witness to their claims of the falsehood of all ufological experience. Story breeders may fulfill precisely the object of contact. Not only will they tell the story, they will expand it, adding episodes of their own in order to try and initiate mythological change and development. Now, Colin had more to say. Quote, the men in black differs of course, from, say, Bigfoot, and that the man in black takes a humanoid form and has a limited language and an equally limited presence. But similar to Bigfoot, our man in black has no social background. Every single one of these animal and human cryptids appear to have a limited simulation possessing a very short half-life, rather like a collection of discard film edits. Which kind of reminds me of, like, that 90s horror trope or even early aughts horror trope where there's, like, jitter moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so every single one of these animal and human cryptids appears to be a limited simulation pro- possessing a very short half-life rather like a collection of discarded film edits which I wanted to hit on again before I go into this next sentence so say that one more time sorry every single one of these animal and human cryptids appears to be a limited simulation possessing a very short half-life rather like a collection Three of discarded confirmed. film edits half-life thing. <laughs> we have therefore a de- detectable program at work here whose limitations are functions of its own psychological and dialectical woo, resolution. The edits are the key to the program. Colin, who had his very own MIB encounter back in the early 1980s in London, England, offers these words, quote, the quick exits and entrances of the MIB are a good defense, of course, in which they could be passing through some sort of portal. Transdimensional beings. This kind of brings up the idea of like, what if they're something spiritual or even paranormal, like ghosts? What if they're fucking ghosts, bro? Boo. <laughs> yeah, you got me there. Now, quote the quick exits and entrances, blah, blah, blah. I just said that. Uh,. In my case, our visitor made sure that I didn't have time to form certain kinds of question whose answers might reveal the absence of true live human biocomplexity. I think he was reading me as my questions were forming in my head and got out quick. 
We have to conclude, therefore, that our over-specialized, over-serious, predictable, and extremely limited men in black or man in black is capable only of producing very simple simulcara. I would say simple answers for a short time. It's notable that Khan had his own thoughts on the Albert Bender affair too, which is probably the, mo- the, the jump off of this whole thing. Quote, before marriage, Bender was a rather typical back bedroom young person of his time. Dude liked cults. He liked black magic. He had a room decorated with occult weirdness and it resembled a kind of metaphysical temple. He did not take <laughs> notice of warnings of all classical occultists. I like, love Ozzy. Like Crowley. Meryl still Crowley. That mystical occultism is not to be taken lightly. History gives plenty of examples of forms which can be summoned up to tell all kinds of tales to gullible human beings. Always anxious to have the secrets of life, the universe, and everything. Now let's take a break. And in the middle, we're going to hear about tulpas and then get into time travel, motherfuckers, because this one don't stop. What is a tulpa? A tulpa is an intentionally created entity within your own mind that functions as a separate consciousness alongside your own. For all intents and purposes, a tulpa can be considered a full person if well-developed. An easy way to think of this would be an imaginary friend that can think, feel, and hold opinions just like any real person can. Tulpas are not related to schizophrenia, dissociative identity disorder, or other mental health conditions in any way. These conditions are respectively characterized by uncontrollable hallucinations and switches between alternate personalities. Tulpas are controlled and cannot exceed the bounds set by the person who created them. Tulpas cannot take control of the body without permission, cannot harm the host without other present mental conditions, and typically hold similar ethics, values, and reservations to ordinary people. Tulpas usually have a preferred appearance when visualized by their creator that can range from an ordinary human to a magical creature to a nondescript ball of light. Many tulpas are based off fictional characters. This is either due to the person creating them having a fondness for the character or because that character represents an easy template for a desirable companion. Almost all tulpas that are based off fictional characters become radically different from their initial form in both appearance and personality as time goes on. However, not all tulpas are based in fiction. Some are created with a unique appearance and personality invented by their creator, while others are given nothing at all and are allowed to choose their own appearances and naturally grow a personality. No tulpa is more legitimate than another because of its origins, and both tulpas developed naturally and with a specific intention in mind are equally valid and well-rounded. It is possible to have more than one tulpa. Most people only create one or two tulpas because beyond this point, it can become difficult to keep track of them without one or more going dormant. Some have ten or more tulpas. Yes, tulpas are real. They are neither a delusion nor a fantasy. Anyone can create one, but understand that this is a lifelong commitment and typically not an easy accomplishment. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down. Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime, but is there because he's a victim of the time. I wear the black for those who've never read. Or listen to the words that Jesus said. The real man in black. The road to love, love that guy. JC and not the guy <laughs> with holes in his hands. 
The guy eating cake under a pine tree. If you ever seen that famous picture, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. We can post that if you want to see it. So we're back from the break. It's time for all the segments you know and love. Mm-mm. A couple will be cut short because yes, there's a lot of info to cover. But this is a fan vote, so we do have our mail sack tonight, and we got and flooded. a voicemail. Oh, so mm-hmm. we got a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah. Yep. Now, in our middle clip, they talked about tulpas, and now tulpas are not just small chalupas. <laughs> they sound like Pokemon. Sounds like a ta- tapas. Mm-hmm. Now, regarding tulpas, I want to read from a, a forum post on Fortina forums by a user named Evil Sprout. He says, quote, or she, or she, he. Make that mistake again. Or <laughs> TGIF. Wait, what? What's the acronym? I don't know. What if... Those creatures, the men in black, and their more mundane modern counterparts, the bogus social workers, are thought-projected tulpas of moral panic-induced folk devils. Men in black came to fruition in the 50s and 60s when paranoia was at a high point in America. The populace was increasingly wary of their own government. According to some people, a man of which we mentioned way, way back in our Black Magic episode... May have around the turn of the 20th century. Oh, shit. I'm reading something that I shouldn't. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck just happened? What's happening here? All right. Do we, uh, yeah. True story. Script. I read a page from our last, our last segment. Unfortunately, I thought because I have printed on back, front and back, and this was the second side, but I should have labeled that. Season three, we have a Patreon you should donate to because this is the kind of of professionalism you can expect. (laughs) So we will rewind that. So Evil Sprout mentions men in black came to fruition in the 50s and 60s when paranoia was at paranoia was at a high point in America. The populace is increasingly wary of their own government, especially after the JFK assassination. See our JFK episode. He was a shashinated like gunshot to the head, Mm. right? Doh, I am so sorry. I have shot your president. Oops, this is my name the days. They will be reviewing this, and perhaps I will receive a write-up. <sighs> <sighs> Even the alien can't keep a job. God. So, as well as incredibly fearful of the Red Menace from the USSR, combined with this was the fear and confusion surrounding the flying saucers that were buzzing the states at the time. And there were a lot of these sightings that we hear about. Now, some people have just stated that maybe in our time they're underreported, but I would say that there's some recent occurrences which we could talk about in future episodes. But according to Evil Sprout, the MIBs seem to epitomize these fears representing all American values, the government or Air Force uniforms, the classic American cars, but also an otherworldly menace that witnesses choose to attribute to alien or communist, depending on their viewpoint. They had a hidden agenda, sometimes explicitly linked to UFOs, but sometimes not. They scared witnesses, but usually by being surreal rather than intimidating. And it is kind of a Twin Peaksy thing. Like they, they show up like a David Lynch movie and they, I want a pen. Does one eat pizza? How is weather in your nose? You're like, excuse me? And he's like, I feel like I've made the wrong impression for my mother today. Well, 
It's time for me to read the clock. Maybe Jello? Thrust goo. <laughs> My favorite character of all time is probably going to end up going down as Larry's alien. <laughs> anyway, flash forward to Britain in the early 1990s. Britain's new folk devil was the social worker after the terrifying antics of real social workers such as Harrietta Higgs, who took 121 children away from Cleveland with the film flimsiest of evidence and others who took children away on trumped up charges of satanic sexual abuse. These government sanctioned abductees were loaded with misguided pop psychology and a warrant to take your kids without trial in 1990 in park flats and spooky Sheffield enters the, Oh, by the way, uh, satanic sexual abuse. See our Franklin cover up episode. Mm. Or not. Or don't. Uh, yeah. 21. <laughs> in 1990, in Park Hill Flats in Spooky Sheffield, enters the bogus social worker in a pattern that spread throughout the UK and later the US. The BSWs, as bogus social worker acronym, arrived, inspected children, and vanished, usually females. They seemed to have a male ringleader, but were never ever caught. Police inquiries coming to dead ends, their weird antics and not quite right ways of acting are very reminiscent of the MIB. Importantly, too, although some examinations were so thorough that they were classified police as serious sexual abuse, no children were taken, even when the BSWs had chance. One child was taken, but just for 45 minutes to the park where he was bought ice cream. Sounds rough. Mm -hmm. I enjoy this frozen cow's milk. I don't even know. I wanted to do, I want to interject, but I'd rather just listen to you do this all day. (laughs) It's fun. Nectar of the udder of that animal that moves. Can you imagine being that kid? Like, I think I like this guy, but man, he really takes the fun out of ice cream when he talks about it that distinctly. This breast fat shall be yummy if frozen. Will you also scream for the iced creme? <laughs> anyway, so but now you will you will now ride the totter of teat. Who's teats? Teeter totter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Back to our friend John Keel again from the Mothman prophecies. He mentions that MIBs act confused as if they don't really know who they are and have just been brought into existence. Well, maybe they have thought projected Topa like beings based on mass psychology of fear mm-hmm. caused by moral panics. The MIBs were a complete mishmash of all the American paranoia at the time. The BSWs, the bogus social workers, reflect the paranoia of false child abuse claims and the government's power to take children away. The non quite right nature of both MIBs and BSWs could also suggest they are born of fears, like the Slenderman, Sierra Slenderman mm. episode. I thought BSW meant like big, sexy women. I thought that was BBW. Yeah. Big, big beautiful women. Big, beautiful women. women. Yeah. Oh. Let me see which way Ryan goes. Big well, according women. to Pornhub, all I want to <laughs> see is like sisters fucking their half brothers or whatever. <laughs> it's like a big Pornhub trend lately where it's like every time you go on the main page, it's literally like. This sister needs to prove to her half-brother that she has what it takes. My sibling wants to receive my thrust goo. <laughs> <laughs> I love 
that character. Oh, okay. My God. True story. Continue. Really? <laughs> True story that I love that. Oh, okay. Uh, the not quite right nature of both MIBs and blah, 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 blah. I think I read that. They are born of fears. Like I said, I kind of segue to the idea that Slenderman is kind of of that creation. They appear weird because they were formed out of ideas. Kind of like Freddy. He's real if you believe in him, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, I'm, I'm stealing this a bit from uh, one of the things that they referenced in the last podcast in one episode where they talked about how Freddy was brought to life in New Nightmare. He mm-hmm. became like a real entity, mostly from the beliefs and whatnot. Yeah, because the whole city believed that he was real. Right. Anyway, this explains why their mode of dress, speech patterns, car phrases, uh, phrases, ways of acting, etc. are so bizarre. These details have not been defined by the moral panic and are therefore almost randomly filled in. So it's interesting to me, and I mentioned Slender Man, for instance, could be a tulpa to the little girls who killed in his name. He was real. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to join him in, in the hysteria and insanity behind Slenderman, which makes him all the more real to many others. Others who even write Slenderman slash Vic, which I'm sure one day April will read for us. Yes. Now, his tentacly fingers slowly inserted into my buttocks. We've, we've talked about tulpas. We've got one more major thing to talk about and Major this pain might literally this is why we're doing an extra long episode this might literally be one of my favorite parts of this whole idea time travel also see project pegasus episode 29 as i call it blacking out actually they mentioned that that could have something to do with you because you're um you're moving through time without any connection like if you get blackout drunk <laughs> or hang then, out with Cosby. Yeah, right. Put a little love in that, Mr. Jello. So anyway, love pudding. According to Mysterious Universe, who we're going to use again, .org, an article by Nick Redfern, who's all over this when it comes to MIBs. Again, titled Time Traveling UFO Knots. Question mark. He says, just recently, longtime friend, ufological author, publisher, and observer of the saucer scene, Tim Green Beckley, emailed him to say he was working on a new book on the controversial issue of time travel. Tim asked him, would I be interested in contributing a paper to the book? Well, of course I would, I replied, and now the book is available to one and all. It's titled Plans for Time Travel Machines That Really Work, How to Move Through Time and Space, which is... Around the horn, if you could time travel, would you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would. I think we've actually covered this before. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, the three of you said, listeners. would you go, go back in time where I wanted to go to the future? That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Like four what episode? episodes ago. Hmm? Oh, it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't that many ago, was it? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which one of us is the alien? Okay, isolate that. <laughs> so anyway, over the years, according to Nick, I'd heard more than a few stories, theories, and suggestions that just perhaps our presumed extraterrestrial visitors 
may not be quite so extraterrestrial. After all, maybe they're us. Now, this is something that I brought up during the Greys episode, that I had a theory that maybe the Greys were us evolved way, 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 way in the future coming back to visit us in this time. Ooh, we got ugly. <laughs> we did. Our domes got big, and I'm imagining that's from all the smartphone implants. <laughs> but, like, I tried to kind of, like, construct a theory. Anyway, this is kind of playing a bit into what I brought up, but but not us from now. If you see what, I, what this man is getting at, instead, maybe they are from time still yet to come. Yeah, I know. It's all a big mind fuck, but it's still a matter with her dressing, no matter how many headaches it gives us. Now, without doubt, one of the most intriguing theories that suggests a time travel component to the UFO puzzle came from a prolific author and researcher, Joshua P. Warren, which... His he literally wrote Great a book name. about Yeah, I like that name. Josh had developed a very interesting scenario that places one of the most controversial aspects of the subject firmly into a time surfing t- context. It's one of the time men in black. surfing, bruh. Exactly. Now, a couple of years ago, Josh said of the darkly clad sinister vitter- visitors, why do the MIB dress like this? Why do we call them the men in black? Well, if a man puts on a black suit with a black hat and walks on the street in 1910 and you see that man, you probably notice him. But would you think there was anything too extraordinary or out of, the, out of place about him? No, probably not. Everybody it, wore suits back then. Right. And if you saw a man walking down the street in 2010 wearing a black suit and a black hat, would you notice him? Probably yes. No, you'd think he's a hipster. Or maybe. But would you think there was necessarily anything too extraordinary? No. Mm-mm. And that's why in around the 20th century, it just so happens that the black suit and the black hat will work for them. Thus, in Josh's scenario, the MIB dressed in such a fashion to ingeniously allow them to blend in. No matter what area of the past century or so they might be visiting at any given moment, but what of times before, say, the dawning of the 20th century, how is uh, how might the MIB have camouflaged themselves back then? Josh, the author, Warren, has a few ideas about that. Quote, if you were to go back to the 1600s or 1700s, there would be a different wardrobe that would work within the broadest range. Milady. Yeah, you wear khakis and a braided, braided belt. belt. I don't know what the wardrobe <laughs> is. Penny loafers. But I feel yeah. confident that if I sat down with a historian who was extremely knowledgeable of the fashions from those past periods and who also understood the concept that I'm talking about, we could probably come up with a dress that the men in black would have worn at various points throughout history in order to give them the widest range to work within at any given time, unquote. They would have been black knights. They would have looked like the Babadook. That's all I keep picturing, but you haven't seen that movie. April knows what I'm talking about. Yep. But if the men in black are indeed, and Josh does too, but if the men in black are indeed some of the future form the of the Booba Doc. <laughs> 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 but if the men in black are indeed some form of future humans, then why are they the so Doc? In the, interested in the past? Or rather, I don't know why they haven't done like a porn parody called the Booba Doc. The Booba Dick. <laughs> that is where I place Mike. Thrust goo. <laughs> or rather the present. Josh muses on the possibility that perhaps rather than being the bad guys that many perceive them to be, the MIB are actually something along the line of time cops. Oh, God. Whose role Free. it is to ensure that... Sorry. No, you go Freeze. Ahead. Give me the time. <laughs> Hands to the skies. 
<laughs> I like it. Now, whose role is it to ensure that past, present, and future are now thrown into flux by reckless time travelers who soar around the skies of our time in futuristic vehicles that we perceive as alien spacecraft? Josh says that of the scenario, quote, if you have a situation in which the timelines are being constantly changed, now, what does that sound like? Mandela effect. See episode 30 mm. of our podcast. Like I said, this one hits on a lot of our stuff. Weird. Weird. Wild. We Weird. recorded Wild, that. wacky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what would a Johnny Carson version of that alien sound like? Well, the other day I was just uh, reading a newspaper. There was a prostitute who was, I kid you not, she would sell sex in exchange for spaghetti. You could call her a prostitute. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he, <laughs> he hey guys, pulled, how's it going? That is an actual Johnny Carson joke, by the way. I will oh, totally give him credit for that. He, because yeah, well, it he is still, hilarious. He pulled it out of the ether, and I love it. So, <laughs> hey, what are you guys just, doing here? I can just imagine that scenario of him sitting at home eating spaghetti, going <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> 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 After getting kicked out of bed by his wife for right. the seventh Wife number time. eight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> 16 people know who Johnny Carson is. Right. The rest of them are under the age of 25. I guess this one's 25? for you. This one's for you, John. 35. This one's for you, John I know. I know who he is. Uh, so, some of these paratemporal travelers Tempura. from far mm-hmm. in the future, they like sushi. I do like tempora. Then obviously you're going to have these men in black pop up there to try to get the timeline situation under control. And that's why we take something like what happened at Point Pleasant during the Mothman issue in 1960s. We have a variety, a whole spectrum of paranormal activity and strange creatures. And then the men in black suddenly appear. Josh concludes, so it could be that the men in black follow all this stuff around. That's their job. Not that they are causing these things to happen, but they are alerted to it. And there's a dangerous timeline issue that needs to be corrected. They're not necessarily the bad guys at all. They might be doing damage control. And maybe that includes warning and silencing witnesses to protect the time travel secret. Well, that doesn't explain uh deuce Bigelow. Male gigolo. Oh, part two. Yeah, that movie that would not bad. have come out if there were real time travelers. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, I sure part bad. one. Okay. I thought you were going to say Schindler's list, but. I thought you were going to go for Rob Schneider's The Animal. Anything, well, anything Rob Schneider. <laughs> Schneider. Remember, that guy, they were trying to play, make him like the next big thing. Uh-huh. You know, and I was okay with that because I loved him. His stand-up comedy is good, though. Mm. Yeah, I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Now, they might be weird and they might look weird, but their overall mission plot. may be just to keep order and protect the timelines. Now, I mentioned the Mandela effect and how that introduces uh, time altering, but just a thought. As we're in our second segment, could the men in black actually be heroes? I need a hero. Hey, guys. How's it going? (laughs) But anyway, it's just a thought for us to ponder. And that's been the info for this episode, which means it's time because we already mentioned the men in black. We already mentioned John Keel, the Mm -hmm. Mothman Prophecies, Mm -hmm. Richard Mm -hmm. Gere and his gerbil. You can see that movie. Where does one place this furry creature? Not in your On butthole, brother. I also know a guy who has consumed five gallons of thrust goo. 
Oh, I hope you don't go too far there, alien friend. Well, occasionally we like to turn to the internet when it comes to our Yahoo Answers. We are now yahooing. Yahoo. Thanks, man in black. Uh, so we went to Yahoo Answers, and I, I wanted to get um, some opinions on the men in black. Uh, the first question, do you believe in men in black? Uh, this user wrote, men in black are people who intimidate people who have seen a UFO or get close to something. There are a lot of encounters. I've even seen one encounter a man who saw something in the sky and posted about it on a website. No joke. I'm scared that if I post about it, they might come after me. What do you think? Uh, the best answer uh, is from user quite new here. There are men in blue police and the men in black are really in gray. Black is passe and so 1930s. Men in oh. brown. <laughs> Kidding aside, there are some UFO sightings, web- sightings websites, and other than not being very popular, they are generally safe places to log in your sightings. If the men in gray come by, just tell them you are doing your civic duty and reporting your sightings like a good citizen of Earth. Yahoo! Uh, another user, P Nagy 75 wrote, shh, yes, they are real. So are UFOs, which God does not drive. Keep your mouth shut. Okay. So that UFO does not have a bumper sticker says my other driver, that my co-pilot is Jesus. Exactly. Um, User from off the planet wrote, they're secret government thugs. By the way, do you think UFOs have bumper stickers? I'd like to think so. Yeah, right? Yeah. Coexist. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Wow. Oh, Probably one of potato salad. That came with a posse. One of my favorite answers is from uh, user Michael Menken, who wrote, "I've been making thought screen helmets for 13 years and have many accounts. I believe Men in Black are specially trained alien-human hybrids to harass people who are interested in alien alien abductions and in reporting the abductions. These hybrids have nothing to do with any government. They never produce a badge or any kind of authentic." authentication. I'm in aircraft certification, and when I see people, the first thing I do is whip out my badge. Badge. (laughs) The reason men in black don't do that is because they don't have one. If you wear a thought screen helmet and also have dark goggles or glasses so they can't hypnotize you, shoot them. They are not human. They are invaders whose ultimate mission is to kill most of us. There's no crime in shooting an alien invader from space. I, I would like to talk to you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> a quick convert, that alien. Right. I quickly see some individual saying, it was an alien. It was an alien. Just shoot open range on anybody. Yeah, in right. Florida, mostly. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, the penis of America. Yep. <laughs> uh, this next question is, do the men in black work for the government or what? Uh, user Kilroy Master wrote, The Men in Black does work for a government agency and clean up a lot of little messes around this world. They think of themselves as protector, even though they assisted in the disappearances of several unknown people. But they are tolerated by every country in this world, and they are never held accountable for their actions. They are always around. They always make sure that the right person gets paid off or threatened for or threaten them to keep their mouth shut. But I do know that whoever runs the their branch has his or her hands full. Excuse me. Okay. 
Excuse me, you have a certified to sign for. Do <laughs> <laughs> you laugh so hard at that? It's like there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Damn it all. They're, they're not, not there. Must leave notice. <laughs> User Drop Dead Fred. Great movie, by the way. I love that movie. I know. Especially when he, never mind. Yeah. Uh, the part when he farts. <laughs> I'm Josh. <laughs> and you up your skirts. Yeah. Anyway, he wrote, I'm a man in black. Most of the time we just go around scaring people and sometimes have to go pick up aliens that crash and take them to lunch until their friends come get them. Aw. Okay. That is nice. Where would you take an alien for lunch? Ooh, that's a good question. Applebee's. Hooters. Oh, that is- Applebee's. Josh. <laughs> Josh. That is one of the best. That questions. is a really good question. Because <laughs> it, it actually makes me think. Sometimes when you say things, I, I don't even have to think. I just mm-hmm. kind of look at you like, why? Why? That's, yep, that's a what lot April, of whys. I, but April is, sent me that every day. Yeah, he gets that look a lot. Well, let's, where would you take an alien? Uh, you know, well, I mean, if we're in Grand Rapids, I got to get him a Stella burger. Ooh, okay. yeah. Ooh. But then again, I'm assuming he's a tiny creature, so I don't want to kill him. With like the filling his tummy too burger. much, yeah. So maybe I go to Sanchez. Ooh, yeah, some nice tapas. Yeah, shareable foods. Mm-hmm. I like to share food, anyways. That was delicious. <laughs> You're killing it, Josh. What about you, Hooters? Oh, <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. This this raises my antenna to a long length. <laughs> Why am I so in love with this woman's watermelon chest? But they have great mozzarella sticks. Oh no, I have released thrust goo. <laughs> that is not getting old. No, April. never. Um, I, I think I would take them and maybe like Golden Corral. Oh no, or like an old country buffet. <laughs> All the Just, mashed potatoes one can eat. And all the diarrhea. Right. <laughs> well, because if they're new to this planet, you got to give them like the full American experience. American diarrhea experience. Yeah. experience. Yep. <laughs> yep. Diabetes. Um, yeah, I would have to say Golden Corral. I'm going sushi. Ooh, Ooh good choice. Nice. I feel that, that would be great. closest to their diet for some reason. <laughs> I, <laughs> they I, eat a lot of raw fish. Yeah, well, remember they look yeah. Asian, right? I know you're yeah. firing on all cylinders, but I have to... I have to ask because I know our, I know our girl Tracy is going to appreciate this. What would a diabetic version of our alien friend sound like? <laughs> I like I go to the IHOP and I take the pancakes and syrup. Just actually just put the syrup right in my butthole. Okay, I extra extra. Right now, I yeah, I understand IHOP is all you can eat uh, pancakes right now. And then afterwards, maybe we can go to Denny's. Moons over my alien's asshole, my hammy. <laughs> <laughs> Moons over my alien asshole. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god! I will take the, uh, the heart attack slam <laughs> in the anus. Now I gotta wonder though, too, with those guys. Do you think they have like extra organs on like weight standby or? Ooh, like double scrotum. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Double the pluck chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because it, they say aliens like greys are like an advanced civilization. Mm-hmm. So I'm like curious, like, oh, they got rid of their scrotums then. <laughs> Maybe. Because it hurts they when put you it walk in into head. a vacuum cleaner and it happens to be there. 
He knows this from experience. Yeah, so Did you have sex probably, with a vacuum? No, did. I yeah. definitely uh, walked into I a vacuum it. cleaner. <laughs> I gave it all my thrust goo. <laughs> thrust goo. Hashtag oh thrust goo. <laughs> Let's get that trending. Hey, Collier, you, you're good at stuff. Make thrust goo a, <laughs> a thing. Uh, a thing. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Anyway, um, <laughs> user Mycroft wrote, yes, they work for the government, but that doesn't mean they have any government oversight. They could disappear, you, and nobody would have jurisdiction to do anything about it. They are paid through the government. My first run-in with them was in the 70s. Not pretty. They walk around with a clipboard. <laughs> yep. Face in the case. <laughs> uh, user Sweet Lorraine wrote, I can't figure that one out. I've read accounts that they show up out of nowhere, have pale skin and odd features. I've wondered what they are all about. Um, now, this next one by user Mean Kitty. Meow. This is actually kind of interesting. Um, she wrote, I or he, who knows. Um, I believe there are men in black. What they are, who knows? In 1993, we were camping in Wisconsin when my daughter had a strange oh, experience. Yeah. Oh, God, they got the best cheese curds there. Oh, we were camping, picking wild ranch you know, off the bushes. I got a funny story to tell you. We went to the old country buffet, me and old, old mom, and, and uh, the shitter was full. <laughs> the shitter's always full at the old country buffet. Just, That's where they make the gravy, you see. I made a real stain. I was sitting there, and I said, hey, Mom, you got to pull over. I got a, I got a real oh, god. Oh, boy, something's tur- brewing down there. Something's going. There's a got turtle a head of, poking. Got and one I, in the chamber. I said, hey. I don't got any more underwear in the back. So we got to get to the old country mm. buffet so I can eat, you know, my fucking cheese Wait curd. And cheese. We <laughs> <laughs> eat my way through a ranch salad there. I just got, I went to the bathroom and it said clothes for cleaning. And I said, who's got time to clean a bathroom? Oh, so I, I, what <laughs> Josh literally yawned and a goddamn gorilla burp just, just shot out. Oh, sorry. That was a ranch burp. Oh, it smells like, it smells like mozzarella sticks and ranch in here now. It really does. Anybody got any marinara? Marinara sauce. That's, oh, that's for vegans, that marinara sauce. Oh, for them crazy, wacky vegetarians eat that marinara. That's true. I've been living on the edge lately, I want to say. I just, you know, I try. Try new things. Occasionally, I put my cheese stick in my ranch mm. curds. Oh, mozzarella sticks. That's braided uh, thrust goo, huh? That's the way you listen to that when you're when you got the, you, you eat that when you're listening to some Van Jovi there. <laughs> One of the best. One of the best. Their greatest hits album. Oh. Oh, shot and through the heart like a li- shot, like like a yeah, shot through the heart like a heart attack. Hand to God, I I I I I I, I can't stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. I put a little scratch in one of the CDs on accident. Oh, that's a bummer. That's Mom's long nails. See, she got her nails did. Oh, oh boy. Anyway, wow. <laughs> what is this music, by the way? I have no idea. Hey, how about the segment April's doing? <laughs> that's true. Oh, boy. Um, Anyway, camping in Wisconsin when my daughter had a a strange experience. We were sleeping in a tent, and she and her friend had decided to sleep in the van. They were both Oh, that's how the the horror stories start out there, (laughs) that Jason movie. Better not be Caesar in they that they are. They were both 12 at the time. Oh, that's a I think we just committed a crime. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's not good. I'm going to cut myself off. And wanted to lay... And wanted to lay and giggle half the night. So they didn't want to... Sh- you stop it. 
So they didn't want to share the tent with us. At around 3 a.m., they said they heard some strange noises coming from the woods across from our campsite. They were too frightened. They were too frightened to leave the vehicle, so they just watched out the windows and listened. After about, oh, hey guys. After about 20 minutes, they saw a big, a big silver truck, that was how they described it, pull up next to the woods. You Behind, gotta be a ranch there, eh? <laughs> Behind it were two long black cars with men in black suits. They all got out and headed into the woods with a spotlight. I'm just picturing an alien chasing a van. You got any ranch? <laughs> the Midwestern alien. <laughs> Give me some ranch. I hear you can put casserole there up your butthole there. It's like a lubricant. Newsflash, pal. Slow down on your butter intake. It's bad for your heart. Oh, my God. Oh, Lordy. Uh, They all got out and headed into the woods with spotlights. That was the last thing they remembered. When they woke up in the morning, they came crashing into our tent, crying and hysterical. They didn't remember going to sleep. They were watching the men, and suddenly they were waking up. We had to leave that day because they were too terrified to spend another night there. I'd never heard of men in black before and didn't have a clue what happened. She's in her 20s now and still gets upset if she thinks about it. It may not be related, but that day we found strange blue-green iridescent fingerprint-like marks all over the ceiling of the van. I never did get those marks off. They wouldn't wash off no matter what I did. (laughs) Wow. That's been your Yahoo Answers. Josh, check your drawers. Guys, we have a super loaded verdict tonight. In one corner. Four podcasters. Always. And I can say that with real truth in my heart. Four podcasters. And a a stint in your heart as well, Derek. (laughs) That's true. Four podcasters you know and love and trust. Newsflash, buddy. We'll always be the same. That's Conspiracy Therapy Podcast. Conspiracy. I know. I tripped, I, tri- I tripped on that one. And in the other corner, a man in black. Maybe men in black? A, a gaggle couple. of men? A gaggle of men. <laughs> and a lot of thrust goo. So, my question is this. Okay. One. Are they real? Two, what are they? And I'll start because it looks like everybody's, unless everybody, anybody is Jones and wants to start. I'll go. Yes, they're real. Wow. But. Oh, man, I'm going to regret this when I listen to this later. Story of my life. Um. Okay, they're real. They're an agency. But probably one with, like, not a lot of funding. (laughs) I know Hillary Clinton in one of her many talking in front of people engagements mentioned there were 17 government agencies. And I'm not trying to buy into, like, the Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, Men in Black thing. But I do think that there's people out there that don't want you to know or know the general public just warding them off from anything to do with UFOs. I don't think it has anything to do with the cult. I don't think it has anything to do with much when it comes to other conspiracies. I think it's literally... I, I, you know, it's weird because they, they do have that weird 
gangly talk and like the weird, like, I mean, a hundred people saw different examples of UFOs with the Mothman and, you know, maybe the, I don't know. I kind of feel like the time cop thing is pretty cool too. I want the time cop thing to be real. But if I had to guess, I mean, I would say that maybe it's just an agency that we just don't know a lot about. And that's my verdict. And I'm going to go to Joshua. Yes, they are a real thing. However, I don't think it's an alien thing. I don't think they're robots. I don't think it's anything like that. My thought is is that it's a group of individuals that work for the government that go into an area and they shut something down before it becomes a like a mass hysteria thing because whether we like it or not people are stupid and they'll believe things what are you trying to say there hey pal news flash (laughs) i'm at this table too so i think that if they can shoot something down and make someone quiet before they go around telling their cousin bubba about the everything that they saw you know, and that person spreads it, and another person spreads it, and it becomes a big, stupid thing. So I think it's people that are just trying to stop stuff before it becomes a big deal. And as far as the the crazy sights that people have seen, uh, the lady with the 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 pudding or the jello or whatever, <laughs> uh, that guy was just, just shoveling pudding in his butt. <laughs> That guy, if you ask me, I bet he was just some dude that was really drunk or really high. He was on drugs. It was the 70s, you said, right? Hi. Uh, or 60s. I, the, no, yeah. may, no, no, no. I think that one was specifically the 80s. It's funny because there's... Yeah, he was probably black, on coke. Men in black interactions that happen almost every decade and as recent as like the last year or two. Also, um, this is a well-documented thing if you want to research this online and many podcasts have covered men in black right so i mean you you take a hard enough drug and you talk weird and people are gonna you're gonna walk weird everything's gonna be weird so yeah i don't think it's alien though but i do believe that it that there is an agency that goes around shutting people up before they get start spreading stupid rumors true april time cops Oh, time cops. I just, I don't, here's the thing. I don't know if I believe in men in black just as a whole, but I think that if I did, I would lean towards the time cop thing just because to me, it makes the most I would think that in like the year 3 million, we've figured out how to time travel. Right, exactly. So, I mean, if we live that long. Well, especially if you. Down in that ranch there. Oh, I'd be drinking it like Gatorade. Oh. Ooh, that's a great Gatorade flavor right there. Ranch flavored Gatorade. That's Can you imagine right. if... Like, <laughs> Screw that G2 shit. Yeah, Grancherade. <laughs> Rancherade. Rancherade. Year three million is just everyone worships ranch. Hey, exactly. Buttermilk Gatorade. <laughs> uh, we've come to the... <laughs> we've come to the temple of the state of uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> everyone lives in Hidden Valley. <laughs> I, I meant... <laughs> 
children are baptized with ranch. We baptize our children in a ranch. We that's do. Why, that's why none of them know how to eat food is because mm-hmm. they just survive off of ranch alone. Wait a minute, brother. You're trying to tell me you let your kid into this world and you didn't cover his face in butter? What's wrong life, with you? Life expectancy is 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> We're just a bunch of blimp ops waiting to pop. Right. About you, Larry. Larry? I'm going to say no. Okay. But if they did, it yeah. would. I would think they're just um, a human. A human organization. And I, I think if you, that's the kind of world you're in, you might even be socially awkward. Well, my thing is this, too. It's like, yeah, okay, you're giving me great descriptors of weird guys with bowl cuts, but have you ever hung out with anybody in the government that were either that or somebody that works for the IRS? Weeda. Just saying. And that's your verdict. It's time, as this is a listener fan request episode, to do our new, I would say, most popular new segment, the mail sack. All right, Joshua, you're heading this up. Actually, I passed that along. You send it all along to me. Because oh, I'm a lazy piece of shit. I guess so. No pop culture. So question number one. All right. From Collier Howley. Love that man. If you could go anywhere in the world with one celebrity slash musician, which I think are still celebrities... On a two-week vacation, oh. where would you go? I think the two weeks actually separates the men from the boys. Um, God, this is an interesting question. Uh, does anybody have anything off the top of their head? I would go to Flavortown with Guy Fieri. Supposedly a really nice guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Incredibly giving. Yep. Realistically. Are, are, do we, are we going to say dead or alive, or does it matter? I don't I'm going to say no. I'm going to say alive. Okay. I got that. I think that's what Collier was looking yeah. for, too. Mm-hmm. I would hang out for two weeks because he does seem like a really cool guy down to earth and whatnot. And I'm sure April has the same answer. I would hang out with Justin Timberlake for two weeks. Okay. Play a little N64. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I boy, I had an answer that I thought I was going to say, but yeah, I think Justin Timberlake because he just seems like so much fun to hang out with, and he's got kids, so we mm-hmm. can like talk about kids. He's on uh, the level. He is. He's not going to be like, yeah, free will and dick here. We'll get in sync back together and get a lot more pussy after that. Well, and he's I, got like literally the prettiest wife on the planet. Well, and you see all the stuff that he does with Jimmy Fallon. Like they they have a tandem bike that they ride together through the mm. Hamptons. Like I want a tandem bike with Justin Timberlake. And I feel like all his Saturday Night Live appearances have been phenomenal. Legendary. Oh, he's hysterical. Yeah, yeah, he really has comedic timing down. True, Lawrence. Gosh, this always kind of. I think it's more of like in the moment where I'm at would change like you asked me next week and it's probably iced tea you know mm-hmm. um i say lebron james 
Again, uh, he married his high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. He's been married, you know. He's and I'm, I'm f- fascinated by basketball. It's just mm-hmm. I love basketball. He seems like a really good dude, and I just like to pick his brain and just hang out with him for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Tastes like chicken. Not that kind of pick his brain. Okay. <laughs> That's a future episode. Um, I would love to. We're talking two week vacation. I'm I'm gonna go with something kind of simple, tin, very white. Let's say go to. Oh, we're going to Milwaukee, are we? (laughs) The great state of Milwaukee. The great state, the home of ranch. No, I would go for two weeks to Cancun. Ooh. Hmm. With Dan Carlin, the host of Hardcore History. Okay. Hmm. I think it would be great to just pick pick his brain and talk. Just wonder would be Yeah, maybe. It could be boring too. Like I mean, you'd be like, all right, enough about World War One, dude. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I I, I like conversation and I hmm. think it would be fun to just pick his brain. So I'm gonna go with Dan Carlin. I think he's a great when it comes to history and like things like yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say my dad. My dad's great and is full of knowledge. But he's I not just, a celebrity. He's not. So the question Should was, be. was Maybe, that? yeah. I'd hang out with Ryan Herrick for two weeks. Hey, man. I would love to hang out with all you guys for two weeks. Yeah, for real. Freaking- Actually, truth be told, I'd probably piss my pants, so I'd have to wear diapers for all the laughs that would happen. Next, next year. Let's do them. This summer. Let's rent a cabin. We'll all pull we money in. We can do in. that. We can do that. I know. I know a cabin where I know Perfect. where to get cabin. We'll post pictures on the closed group. Mm-hmm. Join mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Next pictures. Next question. Next question is from Michael Henry. Do you think the SOS "I'm Stephen Hawking's last message" message isn't save our souls, but shoot on sight, which is another use of the acronym? Didn't we talk about SOSs and what we thought they were? I think that was uh, off microphone. I I've always thought it was save our ship, but this is Stephen Hawking's. You're right. That mm-hmm. no, you just you reminded me. I think that's it our was Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think that's what uh, Stephen Hawking's meant by that? No, mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking seems like a really seemed like a really down. He cheated on his wife. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. How, what a and that the dude was, after, was in a wheelchair, and that was after she went through the whole process of his health disability. Decline yeah, and was taking care of him, and, and like, he banged his nurse. Yeah, that's a major pull right there. I'm sorry. I I guess I don't his have a dick, leg to stand on for this. Neither one. did he. <laughs> his dick must have worked. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Um, SOS. I. With Stephen Hawking, I don't know. Standing on Stephen, that's what it is. It may, could be sleeping on Stephen. Oh, <laughs> sexing on Stephen. Hey, what do yeah, you think, Ryan? I, his Slapping. SOS message. I from Stephen Hawking before he died. I SOS. I I would have imagined it was like some weird old timey pull for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it. I don't think it was anything clever. I mean, I think a lot of the times with that guy. Yeah, he was, like, one of the smartest human beings on the planet. But I think at the same time, like, when you're on death's doorstep, you're really going to, like, come up with, like, a... I mean, Larry will do it. I know he will. Mm, Sucking off Steven. He's... No. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to have some sort of fucking 
thing he says to Aaron probably before that happens. Or his tombstone is going to have something sweet. It'll have a slide whistle on it. Yeah. Larry's <laughs> tombstone. A slide whistle. Slide whistle or sauna. Okay, I'm going to, and I think you'll appreciate this. You're a military okay. man. I think he was hungry and just wanted shit on a shingle. Oh. I'm with you. Nice. All right. Let's Next get, question. Yes. Is from Brian Douglas. Oh, hey, I want to give a shout out to the Red Dead Saloon. You should check him out on Facebook. He is the man behind that. It's like the number one Red Dead 2 site. Facebook group and Great. Grand Theft Auto Forever. Oh, thank you. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? This opportunity only comes once in a lifetime. These might be Eminem lyrics, but so don't take it seriously. Love you guys, and thanks for the consistent oh. free funny every week. That top 10 Ryan word mangling had me laughing so hard that the top of my stomach was hurting. The whole best of episode was the best. Larry always kills it, yes, with the music and editing. Thank you. Don't stop what you're doing and can't wait to see what you've got in store for us in season three. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. So, yeah, let's say uh, I was, if you have one shot and are trying to seize the moment, would you do it? I would. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) We sound like we're really going for it. I would say that I'm, I'm a pansy. I'm trying though, so. to I'm trying to seize the moment with season three yep. for this show. I want this to take off in more ways than it has in the past. We've doubled our listenership since we started. It's been great. It's grown exponentially, and I can't wait to see what we can do in the future. And we have a lot of great ideas. Yes. This is from Rob Duvall, who I know from uh, even before conspiracy theory with this Ephus. What's something we don't know about male prostituting that we should know? Always wear protection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Josh almost lost a foot the other day. Really? Male prostituting. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Were you towing someone? No, there was a, uh, I was, so I was, I'm prostituting around and I'm going to walk through a yard to prostitute and there was something sharp stay, sitting out uh, of their ground and it went clean through my shoe. It, it was so close to getting his foot that it ripped a hole in the side of his sock. It cut through my shoe cleanly, which so now there's a big hole in the side and it cut my sock. Wow. Prostituting, man. It's dangerous. He was like a quarter of a millimeter away from getting his pinky toe shanked off. Uh, better that than sucked off. Fair enough. You like your, your toes sucked off? Oh boy, yeah. that's You're weird. I'm sorry. Feet. I hate, fuck feet, man. I don't. I yeah, I don't get it. I don't get foot fetishists. No, I, I don't like, either. No. I don't even like looking at my own feet. Feet, feet are, are gross. Who? Who? Like? Oh! Are you feet? I, I didn't say anything. I just no, shrugged and little... giggled. I, do, <laughs> do you have a a foot? Story? Are you a foot fetishist? I do like to rub feet. Well, okay, rub, uh, yes, I like to massage my wife's feet. Too. I like I when just April appreci- rubs my feet. I just appreciate the reaction that that normally mm-hmm. gets because okay, it's very it's just, very therapeutic mm-hmm. for the. Yeah, yeah there's nothing mm-hmm. weird about that. So, any uh, male prostituting uh, you should knows? Hmm. Interestingly enough, I really don't have much to add when it comes to male prostituting, other than the fact that you know 
if you see your male prostitute coming up to the door and he seems uh, angry or upset, just understand it's a thankless job for the most part. So tip him well. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm not a male prostitute, but I do. Obviously, you're a female. I'm a female prostitute. Um, <laughs> that just sounds way worse. Uh, leave things in your mailbox or your male prostitute mm-hmm. when they come to prostitute, uh, especially when it's the summer and it's hot. Leave some frozen Gatorade in there. Um, they appreciate gifts come Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Nothing huge. It's uh, Dude, a, a cookie is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's the thought that counts. So like, yeah, water bottles and Gatorade during the summer is awesome. Even um, a note from the kid in the family that's just like, thank you, mailman. Like it's we, we tape those to our cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. But male we're prostitutes. prostitutes. I, well, I said mailman, well, but know, I meant male you got to do the paperwork afterwards right. and yeah. write the receipts out. <laughs> your, your mom did a great job. Here's a sugar cookie, kid. I'll never say no. We love dogs, but at the same time, please put your dog in a separate room when we approach your door. Or your house. Fido might. That's where a door usually is attached. Well, no, no, no. no. What I'm, I'm sorry. What I mean is, like, if you see a male prostitute pull up and your dog is outside and it looks like they may get out. <laughs> no, I'm skipping the house. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> 10 yep. out of 10. Hey, don't park in front of your mailbox, asshole. Also, shovel your snow. And also, yeah. uh, two feet in front of or behind your mailbox is not going to fly either. 15 feet. Yep. Next question. Mm-hmm. We have from Eddie Dwyer. Mm, our man from Canada. If all animals in the world were the same size, which one would win in a fight? Ooh. Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. I'm going to go with the ever aggressive honey badger. Mm. I'm going to go with a shark. Because the yeah. fact of the matter is all those other animals are going to be like, whoa, fuck me. I'm in the wrong area because they're in the water. And then the shark's just like, why do they have to be in the water? Why do they have to? Well, if it's on land, the shark's dead. Pretty much. So I guess, what? theoretically, if you pick an area where this battle takes mm-hmm. place, the yeah. shark's fucked. But I'm saying if the shark... I guess if the animal has to come to the shark, it's fucked. That's all yeah. I'm saying. How... I mean, I guess I'm trying to figure out what like this, what general size we're talking about. Like, the Let's size go human-sized. Like, human-sized? That way we can include humans. Fair enough. Uh, I, would, I would go with a spider. Ooh. A big ass spider with giant Bruh. fangs that could wrap you up in web. <sighs> yep. Uh, no. Spiders would win. Hands down. Wow. That's a that's a pretty I'm good I'm gonna go with uh elephants. Very, very smart. Mm-hmm. You know what the most deadly animal is? The hippo. The human. human. Well, the hippo. Yes. yeah, the hippo. human for sure. Hippos are pretty nasty too. They can run fast. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not. It, I think a lot of people are just like, oh, look at big bumblebutt. No, I'm gonna go pet this bumblebutt. Mm-hmm. And then the hippo is like, fuck your Mario Kart, and then chomps on your head. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know though. If you had like a a bee that is human sized, I mean, that stinger is really sharp. Oh, so that would gonna, fucking yeah. suck. Actually, and yeah. they could fly. And, add any insect to like. Massive mm-hmm. size. All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh but my!" That is Are not a word. Animals. I... He said animals. Yeah, animal. Let me say, insect is not an animal. Mm. No, you're right. You're right. It's different. Well, humans are the deadliest animals on the planet. Yes. So. Okay. Next question is from Alex Bayoff. 
What up, Alex? What podcast do you guys listen to aside from those in the Beer City family, which would be the Potty Slam, the Off Tempo Podcast, and of course Conspiracy Therapy? Um, I listened. I listened to a lot of different podcasts. Actually, I have a pretty solid. You're probably set. the biggest podcast listener, I'd mm-hmm. imagine. I w- yeah, I would say. Um, well, Between the two of you, yeah, yeah uh, Josh or Ryan are. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Ryan more than me. Um, I would say my favorite shows would probably be we. Hate so I say mo- three, three. Okay, we hate movies. Is I subscribe to their Patreon. They're great. They're super funny. They're very left, which is fine. But they're they're um, this last month they did uh, we love movies. So they flipped the script and they did Star Wars and. Uh, they did st- um, space laser fighting. They did one of my favorite movies of all time, Batman '89, um, or Batman. And uh, another podcast, uh, obviously, I love Last Podcast on the Left. It's kind of what got me into this idea of doing conspiracy stuff. But other than that, like we've been trying to do our own thing. And then uh, of the three. I would add Hollywood Babylon, which mm. is a great pop, uh, pop culture show. Mm-hmm. That's I've always loved that show, and I've been super behind it. Josh? I'm going to go with uh, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. That's a, a video game show I listen to. It's guys I, I know and talk to. Um, it's all just about PlayStation-related stuff. Um, from there, I would say Vigigame Apocalypse which is a part of the laser time network and they do all things video game related. I really like the show and I love the main host on there. Josh Josh was on the show. Yep. I was on there a couple months ago. And then um, from there, I'm going to say my other favorite would be uh, the Chris Jericho's podcast. Talking Jericho. Uh, Talk is Jericho. Uh, I there's some episodes that are some weeks I skip over because he has guests of all different walks of life and from all sorts of different, it's not just wrestling by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, that's a fun show to listen to as well. And he's actually really good at it. April, do you have any shows you listen to? Um, I can't, I don't know if I can think of three. Um, I do really enjoy the Elton Brown cast, which okay. if anyone is a uh, Food Network follower, he was of course, um, the star of Good Eats, who, which they're making a new season of. I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, he has a lot of uh, celebrity chefs and um, other popular chefs that he has hmm. come guest host with him. And those are some really interesting episodes. So, yeah. Larry? Surprise, surprise. I'm not a big podcast listener. You're Howard Stern. I man. listen to Howard Stern probably every second I can of that. Um, Dan Levitard, which is he's on ESPN, but it's like the anti-sports sports show. They no. talk pop cult. They, they like sports, like they barely bring it up. It's more of a pop culture type show. And I would say, God, it, it, when I do listen to podcasts, it's WTF, Mark Maron's podcast. Mm. I just listened to uh, Tim and Eric on that uh, again. I got to catch up because there's a, they just he just interviewed uh, the Beastie Boys, so I got to catch oh, that God. podcast. Nice. Uh, almost bought you that book the other day when oh. I saw it there at the Barnes Noble, and I was just like, 
Larry needs to own this beast. I'm going to. I'm going to download that bad boy on my iPad and nice. dive deep into that book. Next question. Next question is from Matthew Murray. How do you record the podcast? What is your setup? I've been thinking about starting one for a while, so I'm just looking into the best way to do it. I would say, Larry, why don't you take yeah, this Yeah, Larry one? can cover this. Well, our what we use, we use a Tascam recorder. Uh, it's a uh, two inputs. You can also use it as a uh, mobile recorder itself. It has uh, really good microphones by itself, but you can also plug in your own mics into it. Um, we use a Xenix X1222 Behringer USB mixer, which is has onboard effects, which we like to use. <laughs> That's a kind of, we do. I, I don't edit these sound these effects. We actually do them on the fly, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I take the Tascam and I download it to my Mac and I edit it in Logic. But if you want a really a, a simple setup, you can. Uh, Josh actually has a real simple setup that he uses that is, uh, other than the equipment, is actually pretty free. Well, and I actually I really wanted to quick throw another Mendem in. Uh, Larry and I both are using uh, iPads. He uses the, oh uh, for the soundboard, soundboard is on an iPad, yeah. And then I pull all the clips and pull them off and play them on my because all the sound effects and the music I play on the fly. Yep. But when I'm doing off tempo, if if you don't have the scratch to get the um, this nice recorder that Larry has and the editing software, the editing, yeah, because that's um. I use a lot of uh, third-party plugins for uh, mixing this. So I'm using more of a professional setup. And you use Logic? I use Logic with third-party plugins for mastering. And then I use, uh, when I'm editing the podcasts that I do, uh, on my just normal laptop, I do Audacity. Which has an E, if you, as long as you have an EQ and a compressor. Yep, which are very, very simple. You can easily uh, do that on there. And then... Yeah, it's as Gosh, simple as running the from the the mixer here into my laptop. If you even want simpler, get a USB mic, plug it right into your laptop, mm-hmm. and boom, you got a setup. Yeah, I mean it's the microphones that we're using. What do you happen to know what they are? Oh, these are Samson something or others. They're real. They're twenty dollar microphones. It's, um, but if you you know what I tell you, Matt, um, DM me. Message me if you want any help getting your start podcast started. Let us know, and we will plug it for you. Because I want to. I would also like to know what other listeners, if they have podcasts, let us know. Yeah, I would love to help anybody that that has a dream or anything that they're doing. You know this this all comes from us having a dream to like have a show that we can continually put out and do things with and and Larry's been fundamentally probably the 60% if not 70% of how this all functions and is able to come out weekly so next question next question is from Skylar Tibbs Ooh, I love her if you were a stripper <laughs> what would your stage name be dribble Dri- <laughs> dribble stage one dribble stage one stage one dribble he comes out and the stage is just sand and he has a basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's great. <laughs> and I've got like like a bud bud uh like a margarita thing. It's just like draining on the ground. <laughs> His beer Perfect. is dribbling, everything's dribbling. 
including his wiener. Oh my god, Josh Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread stage oh, two. I Wonder like Bread it. stage Original two. White Bread stage Wonder two. Wonder Bread. Oh god, I don't know. That's a really tough one. I feel like it, it would have to be some sort of like sugar based. Oh, sugar mama, confection. cinnamon, candy cane, yeah, yeah, marshmallow. I'd be like <laughs> cupcake. <laughs> but see, because of how I am, I'm so Dutch. Not, I'm I'm Dutch, and I'm like not coordinated enough to Dutch do Dutch cookie. I, black I would be like butter cookie. black licorice o- oatmeal cream pie oatmeal cream pie <laughs> oatmeal cream pie stage three stage three no I just pie. I just be little Debbie little Debbie stage I three. love it <laughs> little, stage three little Debbie uh little Debbie I that's... like that too when they announce they get too close to me like, guys I'm stage four selling <laughs> mozzarella sticks outside if you want to get one they're 25 cents off buffet right? is open uh, so buffet is open shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy um I'm Polish and okay. um I'm gonna go my stage name would be kielbasa nice oh, doesn't that just it makes the ladies it makes look kielbasa makes the ladies water yep. how did mouth we water. all slam dunk it makes my that. mouth water I, I love kielbasa sure, I thought for sure I was gonna cringe didn't cringe. Thank you, Skylar. <laughs> kielbasa stage four from stage it four says, kielbasa. It says so much about us that we're all foods. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Except dribble. Except dribble. Except dribble. <laughs> Wonder bread. Little deb. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Another question is from Ubly. Kenny Carvalho. Carvalho. Good guy. He just said he's the one that just had a kid, right? He posted pictures of him oh, and his kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Congrats. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck yeah, if a him. woodchuck would could chuck wood? A woodchuck could chuck as much as a woodchuck could chuck wood. There you I, go. I, that's I'm gonna, I, I, yep, I appreciate that. that. Question answered. <laughs> there you go, Kenny. And our final question, John Hodges. Oh, I love this guy. What is your favorite movie of all time? Mm. Why? And would you like to see a remake or sequel to it? Total Recall is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I don't want to see a remake. I know they did a sequel. I will not see it. I just love the three boob lady. No, I I love everything about it. And honestly, it's a product of the time. I also like this. It's the same reason that we do the podcast. I don't know. It's it's almost like a weird like life statement with the with the way that I love that movie and the the mm-hmm. reasons that I love it. Like I I don't need things to be ultra serious. I don't need like a Oscar winning. All the movies that I love that are Oscar winners or like awards winners, I watch like maybe once or twice. Now Total Recall, I've seen multiple times at like the wealthy street theater which is like the the local theater where they play movies on the big screen mm. i watch it probably four times a year it's just super fun anytime i get a new girlfriend which is pretty often <laughs> it's every two weeks yeah two weeks and then they come two over to our house weeks. and they break up two weeks know, they meet us recall. and they're like we're out <laughs> that's a total recall reference right there Two weeks. Josh? Easy answer, Predator. 
Mm. Another Mr. Arnold movie. The guy with the Star Wars tattoo. I Star Wars is my favorite film series. But Predator is hands down my all-time favorite film. Uh, anytime I watch you know, it, I just... like an Alabama dick. You, let me tell you, from experience, you have not truly experienced the movie Predator until you've watched it sitting next to Josh as he's quoting and the acting entire film. I've only watched beginning it to end. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. When I watch it, I just feel like so manly. The man, the man, the 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 film score is actually really good in mm-hmm. that movie too. Oh, abs- absolutely. <laughs> True fact: When I was pregnant with Asher, I was laying in bed once, and Josh played Predator music to my belly, so Asher could hear Predator music. And he came out with dreadlocks. <laughs> but now here's the problem: as much as I love Predator, they have made sequels, many of them. Now, the only one that I have enjoyed was Predator Two. Uh, but every other single, like the AVP films, I hated them. Oh, uh, would you see? A re- would you like to see a reboot? And if no. you did, who would you like to see? Okay, no, because uh, Schwarzenegger and his his the crew that was in that first Predator, I was movie, it was just it. perfect. Even yeah, I mean, and Kevin Peter Hall playing as the Predator himself Jesse was the perfect. Ventura. Um. I mean, Jean Claude Van Damme was the original Predator, but they really? just yeah, yep. yeah, he's coked out of his mind. <laughs> that was the product of the eighties. Just yeah. he was always on coke, just doing spin kicks in um, the wrong part of the Amazon. But it just looked any JCVD. Where are you? Uh, I, I I like Hawking Tostitos <laughs> with Hawkins. Uh, so yeah, that's a, it's a product of the t- of that time, and it's just perfect in every single way to me so I would never want to see them reboot it They're, why why fix something that's not broken yeah agreed April April um I I have a lot of movies that are that I consider go to but if I had to pick one favorite movie like that movie that if you're scrolling through the TV guide channel and you see it's on you'll always you'll be well, yeah I'll watch that again and I've mm-hmm. seen this movie countless times uh, is the crow. Mm. It's easily one of my favorite films. It's a cult classic. Mm. I, and the sequels are terrible. Right. All of them are, are awful. And um, the first one was really the only one that captured uh, the comic, or the graphic novel, um, because I've read the graphic novel as well, and it, it mm. was very good. Um, and yeah, I, considering the circumstances around The Crow, how... Um, when Brandon, Brandon Lee, died. Lee died filming it, and you know the way that they had to kind of piece together the rest of right. it without him, um, they've talked about remakes. I was about I, to say, I wonder if they could reboot it and finish it the way they wanted to. I, I when I they I heard them talking about a remake. They had Jason Momoa as the crow, and that just doesn't do it for He's me. He's too big. He's too beefy. I feel like Eric Draven has to be. Like a, a a thinner like because it's such an like an emo character and I think that's what I because I first start, saw the oh, film the I first saw the film when I was in high school so it like really spoke to my like depressed you guys like teenager Alice thing. Let's let's think about this though for a second. 
Think about Christian Bale with Batman and I hate too old. Christian Bale. Well, no, no, hold on, hold on. Way too old. What I'm going with here is Christian Bale doing the the mechanic or or whatever the the film was. The mechanic. I have crow's feet. With going from the mechanic to Batman, he was able to lose all that. You, I mean, Jason he's, Momoa, if he could get down to that size, he still doesn't. He's have, very. He's still a big dude. He he doesn't give me the the right vibe to he play really, Eric Draven. And then my my second question here is: if Brandon Lee did not die in the filming great. of the first film, do you think that his his performance and his character alone could have saved the the sequels or do you think that they would have still been shitty? I think they still would have been shitty. Yeah, writing is writing. Just because uh, yeah, writing is writing and I think there's tons because of because the first one is so iconic that to try like you could tell that the the following uh movies were based on like money making alone. I yeah. love that that that's Bruce Lee's son though. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch that just to remember. And even the, he does such an amazing job in that movie. And Dragon, the Bruce Lee story is great. Larry, the Big Lebowski. Oh, oh nice. yeah, yeah. That's um fucking great comedic action. Just everything bull just rolled into one. Is that is my go-to comedy. God, I haven't seen that movie in so many years. Yeah. I actually I, am. I watched it last I am year. a reverend of the um, Latter-day Saints of Dude. Like, I'm my, I actually am a reverend, and I went online and applied. Of course. We, what are we watching a 70s porno now? Mm. What's this music? You know, Beastie Boys, baby. Maybe when we do is that it? week-long hangout, or two-week, or whatever it is we're doing, we should watch all of our favorite films. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I will be. I would in the other, I'll be in another room for three of them because they're all horror. Well, no, the crow is awesome. Crow isn't. Yeah, crow is fucking awesome. I don't. Th- I wouldn't Predator consider Predator a horror, horror, film, horror like, film either. Totally. No, and it's so. There's totally. only the one spot with the gro- the, the time the cop gore. isn't either. Yeah, I actually can watch your guys' movies. Total Recall. Total Recall. Same time thing. cop. Same thing. It's all the same. <laughs> we can throw that in there. And um, rebooted or a sequel? You can't do a sequel. No, not with Big Lebowski. Could you reboot it? I think you. Could reboot it. I think there's. Boy. Who would now, star in a reboot? That's the thing is like who writes it. That's the big thing. Because you can't just do the thing line for line. Right. I don't think you can. No. I agree. I can't. You can't redo Total Recall for me. Mm-hmm. No reboots here, guys. Nope. nope. You can't recall Total Recall. Yeah. Nope. It's a perfect film. Watch it. <laughs> and that, uh, those are the That's questions. That's your mail sack. Nice. Yeah. This might be our longest episode to date. It will. Be. It is. It already is. <laughs> yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we do have a call in line, and we actually have a voicemail. Voicemails. Hey guys, John, I got a little bit of a story for you. Um, so when I was 17, uh, all those years ago, <laughs> um, I remember my dad, myself, and my sisters, we were returning from, uh, I think it was from a family member's house late at night, I'd say, probably 10 p.m. or so, and, uh, we were going down a busy road, just about to turn off onto our street, and uh, 
I'm sitting in the back. I'm playing a Game Boy or whatever. And I hear my dad say, what the hell is that? And without even thinking, I I go to his side. I look out the window and look up. And I see three lights in a triangular pattern. And, and they're massive. Uh, I can't see a, a shape of any kind of craft or anything. All I see are these three lights. Um, uh, if, if I had to guess, I would say it was probably the the size of a nearly a football field. They, it was just absolutely massive and uh, um, <clears throat> couldn't very well hold up traffic. So we took off, and that was the last we saw of it. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you guys. I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, y'all take care. Oh, Jonathan. That's did crazy. You, did you get visited by the men in black afterwards to say like, um, yes, John, you saw three light objects in the sky, but those were your imagination. What you saw was the light branch. That is light ranch. It is safer and more consumable than regular ranch. <laughs> as far as Paradise Ranch goes, light ranch has 50% less calories and more sugar than necessary. All the artificial flavors may give you a tail, but that's okay. You want to be a dog. Wouldn't you rather be skinny and have a tail than be a fat ass? I would. Artificial flavor still can be good flavors. Flavors are flavors. Flavors are flavors, and Flavor Flav is awesome. True. What the fuck yeah, is happening? <laughs> John, thanks for the voicemail, brother. Actually, I would love to hear what you think about this episode. And I want to throw something out there. We have a uh, voicemail uh, pretty much all tagged onto every episode. So if you want to call uh, call into our voicemail number, the number is attached to all episodes. But I, I want to throw a... A dare, maybe, per se, or maybe a challenge to our listeners. Can you do an impression of all four of us and send it to to the voicemail box? We would love to hear that. I would laugh my dick off, and I don't even have a dick. It's it's true. The last time she laughed, she lost it. I know, and look where we are now. You can't get it back. I've already (laughs) lost my dick, Rad Dad 2019. It happens. You just got to tape it back on. Okay, so the humor I have witnessed it, it completely removed my genitals. That's rough. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one last thing to do before we close everything out. And it's not a quizzical, but it'll be back soon. I promise. I know you miss all those segments, but they're coming back. At least you have the voice. We love you. Okay. Time for plugs. Josh, what do you have going on when you're not here? Podcast with your brain. Well, of course, uh, I know I've mentioned here many times, but I do do my video game reviews. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, and you can find me under the handle shit e podcaster. Hey, at least he's honest, people. It's true. is it really shitty? I because thought it was this, shite. I, this whole time I thought it was shite and you were doing like a British thing. No, oh, I'm doing a British thing. This is my Indian accent. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it will. Anyway. Yeah, I, I do post. Do 
What is happening? British alien? We get past like two hours and we're just fucked. I know. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) uh, I do post all of my video game related reviews and whatnot on Twitter. I don't do it on Facebook. Um, But in any case, yeah, you can find it on there. By the way, in all seriousness, a fucking great writer. Yes. Oh, thank you. Incredibly That's... good. Well written. By the time you hear this, I will have posted a very long-winded review of uh, nah, Super don't, Smash. Don't say long-winded. In a depth. Very in-depth, yes. It's very in-depth uh, review of the new Super Smash <laughs> Ultimate. Uh, but yeah, you can find that on there. It's, I post literally all the different websites I write for is all on my own page. Yeah, by the way, multiple people people have hired him because he's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three people. So. April? And then, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, I also have been really making it a point to post on any time I play a new game, and that's twitch.com slash bobomay. Twitch.tv slash bobomay. Same. But it's, yeah, either way. Uh, but yeah, that's where you guys have watched us play games. And future we... live streams are to come. Yeah. So yeah, uh, sometimes I'm just hopping on. I might not say anything, but you can watch uh, brand new games that I'm playing. So, but yeah, that's it. April. Uh, of course, if you like myself and Larry and my sweet, sweet, sweet husband Josh, you can find <laughs> you can find the three of us. On uh, the Potty Slam podcast, we're a wrestling history podcast where we tell stories from the locker room and beyond. We have been on a holiday hiatus, but we will be back in your ear holes very soon. With a mean gene. Yes. Rest in peace. Yep. Uh, We have a lot of big things to talk about in the upcoming episodes. You can Mm -hmm. find us on Facebook and Twitter and Podomatic. Lawrence? Um, I don't have a podcast to plug, but um, please check out my album, Big Ol' Britches. Joint Keef of Stash. It's on all the wherever you can download music. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Google Play. It's on Amazon. Give it a listen, please. I need more than sixty nine cents that I've made so far. <laughs> hey, oh. at least they're listening. <laughs> by the way, I forgot, uh, guys. By the time this comes out, and we are just a couple weeks away, Off Tempo Podcast is coming back in February. Fantastic. That's our music history podcast. So. I know a few fans that love that show, so they'll be happy to see that. Also, you- um, the starting with season three, because yeah. I didn't do such a good job the first two seasons, but starting with this season, I'm going to put a playlist out there, Conspiracy Therapy Podcast on um, Spotify, and it's going to have all the song. Uh, it's going to have all the songs that we play on the show. On the show, I'm going to start with season three because I can't really. Make up for what I missed right. on one and two. No, you're fine. You got enough to do. Songs of the season. I so follow Lawrence uh, Larry Niece on Spotify. Now, if you love this show, check us out at Conspiracy T Show on Twitter every week when we drop an episode. I want to throw a little thing out there. If you think you have a suggestion for the show, tag we have us. a fan vote up now. We all always will, and it'll always be free to anybody who wants to check it out. It's on our closed Facebook group, but also on our Facebook group. So all you got to do is like us on there, or you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Conspiracy Show. Email us, conspiracytherapyshow at gmail.com. Tell us something that you'd like us to cover. Tell us a story. I mean, John told us a great story. Which you could call us, which will be tagged to this episode. But also, 
Leave your stories. Indeed. Or praise me. I like that, too. Definitely go to that closed group because that's where we we interact with people daily on there. If you want to talk to us, go there. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure you will have a great time. But I want to mention this right now. We're about to drop a Patreon this season, which Mm -hmm. is a big deal to us. And it's it's the next step. We want to grow this network more and more and more. And you guys have shown us that, like, you obviously really appreciate what we're doing and we want to give you more. So... There's going to be bonus shows. There's so much that's going to happen. So we will please. give the, uh, I think we should give the f- first bonus shows for free. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then you can get a little taste. And then if you want more of them. Agreed. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, we pour everything we have into, even if it was just three or four Patreons, Patreons, we would make it as good as any other show that we would do. Oh, of course. So, Please keep your eyes open for that because that's coming very soon. We're working on that. We're going to be recording that. It's going to happen. And we want you to be a part of the growth of Beer City Media. Yes, my baby. That's right. Larry started it and we all jumped on the train. We love... Choo choo, motherfucker. Choo choo. (laughs) That sounds... Did you just do an impression of Josh or did Josh allow you to do an impression of him. I did an impression of Josh doing an impression of a, an impression yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's like it's like if you copy a VHS tape three times and it's kind of... Ugh. It's like Inception. It's like Spice Channel. It's like Spice Channel, yeah. yeah. With the little squiggly lines. Back <laughs> Is that a boob? Is that a boob or a penis? I don't care. I, I don't care can't. anymore. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just sprayed my thrust goo everywhere. I just... Yep. God. And that's been your plugs. Really, at this point, I have to ask, how long has this episode been? Two right. hours and 27 minutes. Two hours and 33 minutes. Damn it. But, uh-huh. I mean, with editing and everything, it's probably not exact. Because like, we took breaks and whatnot. So The know. longest episode Yeah, hopefully ever. we don't do that again. <laughs> no, we won't. We I, wanted to compress it a bit so that we could make it a one episode thing. Because <sighs> I didn't want to do like a multiple part thing. We don't want to be like Joe Rogan doing a three hour show every mm-hmm. three days. Right. I mean, no, I would love to mm-hmm. if I could afford to do it. Yeah. We need that time so that we can do our bonus shows, which you should subscribe to with our Patreon. Should we give them soon. a clue what they are going to be? Yes. Well, we have a pop culture show that will be hosted by our very own Aluma Mommy. Mm-hmm. We're super excited yes, for that. Yes, I am too. And then uh, a secondary one, which will be a, we're going to take lists and break them down. So basically what you're going to get is there's going to be three bonus shows a month. Three? Well, there's the Oh, list. that's right. Because the, the pop culture will be what? Every every other week. Mm-hmm. Should we, okay. So it's a bi-weekly show. So you get two episodes of the pop culture show. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get, get to be named. A, yep. And then the third show is the list show, which is, like you said, very bare bones, but awesome and fun and interactive, I think, because it'll get conversation going oh yeah and also it's the four of us if you like this show you're gonna get Wish more we, of mm-hmm. maybe get what, marty on one of those mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah if you love the ephus we'll definitely bring marty on for a couple of those and not just for anybody who doesn't have the scratch to do that marty's going to be on one of our main 
main, you know, zero dollars, don't have to donate anything episodes. I plan on having him for season three. We have once. to. And your brother. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love to bring my brother back. Anyway, so that's a little bit of the hints towards what we're going to be doing. Also, you're going to get hand let- handwritten letters from your yours truly. You won't be able to read mine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll at least mine have- looks like a, a prescription. I'll I'll kiss mine with lipstick and spray my perfume Ooh. on it, Ooh. and then put glitter on. You're gonna I'm gonna mushroom stamp mine. <laughs> nice. All right, is that guys. a penis or is that is that ranch? Oh, it's like a penis but smaller. We gave you the longest episode you've gotten, and in the it's entire history mushroom. of conspiracy therapy, if anything, Beer City Media's trajectory. Does anybody have anything they want to throw out there before we end this bad bear? Your penis is in your butt. <laughs> Actually, Josh is licking his wiener, which is totally cool. <laughs> I'm like Marilyn Manson. Your penis guess, is in your butt. I, <laughs> I guess that would be considered safe sex. I guess. If you do yourself. Your penis is in your butt. I'm sure. Just going to say that. Can I get one last uh, Men in Black for the road? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw it. No, 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 no. (laughs) What was that, April? I don't know. Was that Area 51 where I was super, super drunk? Yes. I think that was. Now, who's doing that? Is that you and I? No. That's Ryan Ryan singing, and I'm doing the... (laughs) Episode 129. Area 51. More more to come. Next week's episode is probably going to blow a lot of people's lids off, so I can't wait for you guys to listen to it, and we will see you next week on another episode of the Conspiracy Theory Podcast. The good guys dress in black. Remember that, just in case we have a face-to-face and make contact. The title held by me, M.I.B. Means what you think you saw, you did not see. So don't blink, be what was dead. It's now going black suit with the black ray bands on. Walk a shadow, move aside. Guard against extraterrestrial violence But yo, we ain't on no government list We straight don't exist, no names and no fingerprints Saw something strange, watch your back Cause you never quite know where the MIBs is at Uh, and Night on the horizon, bright light into sight. Tight camera zoom on the impending doom. But then, like boom, black suits fill the room up with the quickness. Talk with the witnesses, hypnotize up, neuralize up. Vivid memories turn to fantasies. Ain't no one my bees, can I please? Do what we say, that's the way we kick it. You know what I mean? We'll see my noisy cricket get wicked on you. We're your first, last, and only line of defense against the worst come of the universe. So don't fear us, cheer us. If you ever get near us, don't jeer us. Do the feeling. Send my bees freezing up all the flag. Destiny for men in black. Uh, and- Let me see you just bounce it with me, just bounce with me, just bounce it with me. Come on, let me see you just slide with me, just slide with me, just slide with me. Come on, let me see you take a walk with me, just walk it with me, take a walk with me. Come on, and make your neck work. Now freeze. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. (laughs) 